Welcome to the third and final episode of our three-week special Event Hub Staff Street Fighter V tier list extravaganza. Today, Dream King, Majin Tin Shinhan, Catalyst, and myself conclude our tier talks as we reveal and fight over the top ten characters as they've ranked in our collaborative lists. The salt mines are open, we're all raring to go, so without further ado... Perfect! Alright, welcome back to the Event Hubs Podcast. Uh, I'm John Catalyst Gray, with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey yo. And uh, now, of course, we have our special guest with us for this one last time here. We have Stephen Dream King Chavez, our uh, head of editorial. Hey yo. And then we also have, <laughs> I don't know why everyone became like Jim McMahon or whatever his name was from like the Carson, uh, you know, late night show and whatever. And that probably went over everyone's heads because no one listening to this is like, you know, that age, but whatever. Yeah. How, yeah. how old are you, John? <laughs> I, I, I am don't 25 say. years old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also joining us, we have Nicholas Mach Intention Hand Taylor, who runs our tournament coverage. And Nick. Now, before we get started here, there is something that I wanted to bring up. If you only listen to one podcast this week, of course, make it the Event Hubs podcast. But if you listen to two podcasts this week, you should probably listen to the Event Hubs podcast twice because you never get everything the first time through. But if you listen to three podcasts this week, you should check out RSF's Street Fighter Radio, SF Radio. Joe Monday's been doing it for quite some time now. He has on some pretty cool guests. They have some pretty great discussions. And he's actually here right now, albeit only in soundbite form, to tell us about it a little bit more. Hello, hi, Joe Monday here from our Street Fighter to tell you about RSF Radio. It's a podcast where I bring on some of the most influential people in the FGC that you might not know about. See, there's a lot of people that are kind of behind the scenes, greasing the wheels, making things work that you might not know about. And I bring those people front and center to talk about what's been going on in the FGC on the day-to-day. Anyway, folks, if you want to find RSF Radio, search r slash sf radio in whatever browser, I suppose, or bit.ly slash rsf radio. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Thank you, Joe, for that message. And now we're going to get into our top 10 list here. We're going to kick it off right at the very top. And we have Zeku here, uh, tied with another character who, who's at ninth. Um, Zeku is a character that's considered to be just behind Monat and technical execution and knowledge to play. For as technical as he is, he was reasonably popular in Season 3. Um, but what really changed for him since Season 4 uh, with the buffs he got are his placements now. Uh, this is a guy that is getting top eights on the regular with Angry Bird, Infectious, and Momochi using him, among other players. Raptor, um, actually, I want to turn this over to you here for just a second. You were the only person to have him outside of your top ten. Can you explain to us why? Because Zeku is one of the most mysterious characters to me still. I rarely play against any Zekus ever, so almost all of my information with this character is from what I see. Um... And while I've seen people win with the character, like I've seen Momochi take down tournaments and, and, and do good things with him, I was particularly impressed with Angry Bird. And, um, and like, but I still, like, for whatever reason, and I think it's because I haven't played against him and that's how I learn these games more than anything, um, I don't have a feel for him. And I don't, uh, so I can respect the placings, but until I have that feel about a character just because... Like I say, that's the way I approach these games. It's hard for me to really place them, and I don't have a fear of Zeku or, or um, 
I might almost go as far as to have like a, a respect for him, and that's not in a disrespectful way, if that makes any sense at all. No, it doesn't, but bear with me. It's just a character that I haven't put my finger on, and so I didn't want to put him up too high. And these other characters in front of him are ones that I do know uh, for sure um, more, more solidly, so it's like I'm comfortable having him there. Right. Um, so I'll go into a little bit of the particulars of the character here and say that when you when you saw him previously, it usually was in his young version, right? People would it was like notorious that people would back up like five steps and then immediately go into the young version and then like, you know, start going into it. And like that's where he has most of his rushdown and his damage. Old Zeku is still very useful for zoning uh, and setups overall, like some of his flip kick stuff. And then, of course, he has a DP, fully invincible one. Uh, so he can really do the job like when it comes to it. And the main thing about Zeku is juggling these two forms is very much an art. And you're still seeing top-level Zeku players, even right now, struggling to decide which form to use. So, it's... Which form can be very matchup dependent here, right? But it's it's the days of always going to Young Zeku are thankfully over. Like it's like it's actually now you're seeing a proper balance between these two things. So um, anyway, that's I'm, beautiful about the yeah, character, by the yeah. way, especially in a game in a game where people. One of the big complaints, uh, at least earlier on, and it's still around a little bit, but not as much. But one of the big complaints was that there wasn't enough variety. You couldn't tell who was playing a character when they were playing it. You just knew the character was on screen, but you didn't know whose cami it was, right? And that may be sort of true for. For, for some characters still, but with Zeku, you've got two different move sets. It's like, isn't it every single one of his normals are different in each of the, in each of the, so he's two characters, like, completely. And so, that's, there, when there are that many avenues to approach, uh, there's no way you're going to play it the same way, you know, across two uh, different players. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great things about this character, too, is that because he's so technical and because he's essentially two different characters in one, uh, you basically have the opportunity to change things up whenever you want to. Uh, and so the ceiling is so much higher to learn him, but you also can just adapt whenever you need to. Uh, and so it's, it becomes, you know, which version are you going to play against which matchups, but also against which player. So if a player has a good read, on your young Zaku, you can go to old and start switching it up and throw them off guard. And it's, it's just really cool to be able to have that much room to work with. Uh, it's a big investment to learn the character. I played him back in, you know, season 2.5, I think, or season 3. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot to learn, but it's, there's a very big reward for doing it because there's just so much room to move with that character. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think the main key to mastering Zaku, which is also why it's taken us quite some time to see him work as effectively as he's doing now is to not only master both of the forms because that's step number one step number two is the fact that contrary to most characters in most fighting games you're showing the opponent when you're switching your playstyle because you're switching forms and now they know that you're going to be switching your playstyle presumably to a more zoning style with old seku presumably to more pressure with young seku and to basically overcome that like flare you're sending out and still being able to surprise the opponent with what you're going to do. That's the second key to mastering Zeku, I think. Yeah, it, I, I actually, this is a character that Steven played for quite a while. I actually found myself struggling to remind myself to completely change my approach. Because um, Street Fighter V is a game that, that rewards you being very mentally strong and, and pretty hard-headed, right? Like, you're not going to get me off of my stuff. I'm going to keep doing this and, and make you stop it. Um, but with Zeku, at least, it, it, again, in the Monat matchup, I have to change my complete fundamental style of playing against this character the moment he switches forms. And, and if not, I'm going to lose. And it, it's... So there's a juggling act even there for the opponent, I even with the yeah, even with the flare that comes out, it's like ooh, and it's like, but and I just I'll go back to what John said. Like I appreciate this character so much because 
his design is clever. And to give people an example really quickly that of like what uh, someone has to juggle with Zeku is young Zeku's AA game, anti-air game, is very lackluster. Mm-hmm. Old Zeku's rushdown game is very lackluster. You can switch the forms to handle either situation, but you're giving up those advantages the moment you do. And that is, it is just like such a like, hey, here are clear strengths. Here are clear weaknesses. This is what you have to juggle and maintain. And it is mentally taxing to play Zeku. You can see players getting fatigued. You can see them like just kind of fumbling uh, like their, their execution and stuff. I have watched top level uh, Zeku players, not only just executionally, but other stuff like just kind of melt in the middle of the match because of how much stuff they're trying to juggle and just completely fall apart. And it's like, wow, I have so much respect for, for one, how this character is built and two, the people who play him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're building it up. And, and with this juggling thing, and I, like I said, I wanted to say that <clears throat> just about as much, and uh, and it's true. But like Nick said, you do know when the character changes, and you do know what each capable or what each form is capable of. So it's not like when you think about the juggling act of Street Fighter V, especially when two players are very similar in their skill level and their understanding of the game. What comes, what it comes down to, is like they have a set of tools that kind of like rock paper scissors against each other and whomever is able to get on the appropriate you know track to beat the other person like is on the counter to wherever the other person's rock paper scissors game is at is gonna win so it's like how quickly can you cycle and efficiently can you cycle through those choices Zeku gives you a few extra choices in that but he does telegraph it to an extent and like you said, John, each uh, form has its weaknesses. So, you, and in the same token, you know what to try to exploit when he's playing as young or old Zeku, respectively. Yeah, and, and another yeah. thing about the character, too, is that um, he switches forms with his bread and butter combos and things like that, too, like his V skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can basically get people to a point where you're knocking them down and you're either switching or you're not switching, and they have to deal with a mix up on wake up. And they have to basically react to what form you're in and then react to the mix-up. So if you can get really good with that, especially in the corner, you can get people basically on their toes the entire time. It's like you you can throw them off completely. Uh, and that's a lot of what this character is, is about keeping people on their toes and kind of making them play catch-up. Like you want to keep adjusting, you know, which form you're in based on how the, the player is, is playing at the time. And so if you can kind of stay one step ahead of them, it's, it's all over for them. Because they're trying to figure out, how do I fight old Zeku? Now you're in young Zeku all of a sudden. And now you're making them deal with the pressure. Now you switch it back up to, to you know old. And so they have to keep up with you. If like, really good Zeku players can keep that pressure up, it's, it's just really dominant, I think. Is there any character in the game like this? Um... I mean, Manat, he's kind of his. Yeah, Manat's very close to him in terms of like when you throw the orb, uh, and I would actually argue G, um, because again, G is very constantly um, changing how he has to approach a matchup and what combos he has to do. Uh, and again, Shocker, the three most you know technical characters in the game, uh, but I would argue very much at least three are very similar in a number of ways like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, that's fair. I think uh, another thing about Seku to keep in mind. Uh, I, I need to refer back to an article I wrote a long time ago uh, on Event Ups, which talked about the difference of tier lists at different skill levels. Because when we are talking about a tier list and the tier list we're presenting here on the podcast, we're obviously talking about the highest possible level of play, or at least the highest level of play we're aware of. But obviously for a beginner, the tier list is going to look different, because more difficult characters are probably not going to be as effective since you're not skillful enough to use them effectively. And I think Seku is probably the character with the widest gap as far as skill level goes. Mm-hmm. Because I think at the top level, Seku is 
very strong and very powerful. But even at the mid-level, he's probably not very good at all because mm. you're going to be telegraphing these things and you're probably going to fall into patterns. I mean, I'd consider myself a mid-level player in Street Fighter V and I don't have trouble with Seku ever. Mm -hmm. But I also go to events and I know Infectious and I've seen Infectious and I mean he's doing stuff with Seku that's so amazing and he's pulling off all these amazing results. Obviously Angry Bird as well and uh, even when Momochi uses him you see the same thing. And they're using him at a high level and that's when he becomes like that good. But unless you're that good of a player I think Seku would kind of struggle as a character. Yeah, it's funny that you're mentioning about the, the lower level stuff there. Um, as you guys probably know, I've played a lot of characters in Street Fighter V, uh, and I like to gauge how you know easy they are to learn based on how effective I can be as quickly as possible. Uh, and so whenever I dive into learning a new character, I kind of you know take account of how long it takes me to get to a comfortable spot with them. I'm not good with them, but I can become competent pretty quickly with characters. Uh, Zeku, when I learned him, definitely took me, I'd say, the longest to actually be able to go into a match and not just get completely steamrolled. And, you know, John can probably attest to that too, where it mm -hmm. took me probably a week and a half, if that, to just get to a point where I'm moving okay and I know how to do stuff. Uh, and on the flip side of that, I was good with Rashid within a couple of hours. And John can also attest to that too. And yeah. it's just, it's, that's, that's really an indicator of this character. And just like Nick was saying that, you know, at the lower levels, it's going to take you a lot longer. And there's a wider gap to actually get to that point where you're competent with the character. And then he can take off at a really high level if, you know, a really skilled player takes the time to really learn him. I do want to get into Zeku's tier listing here real quick because we have him at 10th overall. That's very, very high. And one of the reasons that he is that high is that. Old Zeku covers a lot of the matchups that young Zeku would fall apart in. Something like Zangief, where a lot of people struggle with them if they're a rushdown character. It's like, well, guess what? I've got old Zeku to cover for that. And, and that's where you really start to see this guy kind of like um, fly up the tier charts because it's like, guess what? Any bad matchups I have are probably more of the 4-6 variety. And, and most of the matchups I have are either going to be 5-5 five, five or 6-4 because of my powerful tools and all that. And that's why this guy falls in at the top 10. Uh, and so on that note, I think that if you tweak the other characters in front of him, like, you know, 10th overall, um, I generally would leave him as is because I feel like his risk reward seems to be very well set up. He's not dominating the other characters. And if you have a highly technical uh, character that kind of shoots up, you know, the tier list a little bit, I think that falls in line with like the, what the, the, the risk that you assume with playing a character like this, like, look, I'm talking about very high level players dropping combos in tournament that cost them a match are melting, you know, their mind and stuff like that. Cause all the stuff they have to juggle, you have to reward that kind of stuff. And that's, again, why I'm very happy to see a character that, that is this far up the list. He's like the opposite of what we talk about with like just do it moves and brain dead stuff. Like it's like this is Zeku. It's like and he should be up on a pedestal. Uh, and, and there it is. Mm -hmm. So, All right. Moving on here at ninth. Also tied with Zeku, we have G. Now. Uh, I'm going to have Steven get into this because it's his main character, but but just to kick us off here, I, I want to share something that was hilarious to me because this guy is either overrated or underrated. And, and so G wins tournaments, right? He actually recently won two CPT events in the same week. That is a big deal. 
but he'll also not show up in our usage stats like at all, except maybe as an alternative character, depending on the week that goes by. Mm -hmm. And I think this perfectly represents the mixed bag of G and that the and kind of like the lack of overall knowledge about the character. Um, I have him third overall in terms of execution. You know, know how to regard to play him, all that kind of stuff. Um, that also transfers over to the opponent as well, as there's quite a bit you need to know about playing against this character and how to handle it. But um, Dream King, Stephen, you are our robbery expert on staff. Uh, G <laughs> is very much a robbery character. Um, uh, like, what are you seeing with this guy? Like, how do you feel things stack up with him? Yeah, so I put him at number 10 because I think he's a character that definitely is strong uh, and has the ability to be very strong. Um, but I also think that the characters above him are better because uh, I think that he struggles with consistency. And it's exactly like you were saying, John, that, you know, one week you'll see him win two CPT events. The next week, he's nowhere to be found. Um, I remember when I believe it was Topanga in Japan, they, they did their tier list. They initially had G like at bottom tier. Uh, and I believe there was speculation about that. As the reason why was because uh, Japan didn't really like the idea of, you know, you have to rely on leveling up because that's not consistent enough. Why are you going to, you know, add that extra juggling pin to your gameplay uh, when you're fighting the, you know, the Tokidos, the punks of the world on the grand stage uh, when you can play somebody who doesn't have to worry about that and they're effective all the way through? And I really think that's a big issue with this character in terms of just the perception of him and everything. Uh, because he's, you know, if for those who don't know, uh, G has three different levels of presidentiality uh, that you have to level up manually throughout the game. Uh, and, you know, every time he gets knocked down, he loses one. So each level he gets stronger. Uh, but at the base level, he's he's okay. He's pretty good. But you ideally want to be uh, at level three. For me, I like to be at level two because I'm, I'm a jerk and I like to do the combos there. Uh, so I'll sometimes get to level three and then, like, just kind of go ham a little bit. If I get knocked down, no big deal because I love level two. Um, but I think that's one of the big things with this character that people don't take into consideration enough when judging him because it's... It's a, it's a juggling act the entire time. You're worrying about what level you're at. You're worrying about all of your different options at that point. Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing people like Smug, who's a big pioneer of this character, still using Balrog quite a bit in tournament. And sometimes he'll, he'll you know, run G the whole time. Sometimes he'll have Balrog in there and not use G at all. It's I think it's very much, you know, dependent on the situation and kind of how things are going. But I, I believe that's why the character is kind of, you know, the idea of him is kind of divisive right now because it's it's very much a consistency thing. Um, John, you actually, uh, John Raptor, he had him at 7th overall. Nick, you had him at 15th. Go ahead and kick us yeah. off there, Nick, and then we'll follow up with John. Yeah, okay, so the thing about G is if we are making a tier list, not based on how good a character is, but how frustrating they are to play against, how BS they are, then G would be number one. And I, I would not like even entertain the discussion that he's not number one in that case because he is so unbelievably frustrating that it's not even funny but we're talking about how good a character is and that's not exactly the same thing i think when it comes to mentally draining your opponent g is probably number one because the thing that steam was talking about where g has to like he has to look over his levels he has to be kind of careful i think that's a super creative system and i thought that was amazing when i first heard about it i was like oh wow this is really creative this is really cool he has to look out for knockdowns and he'll get stronger if he manages to stave those off that's really and that's really entertaining mm -hmm. as a player problem is he has v trigger one mm -hmm. so all of a sudden that system doesn't even exist because he gets them for free and it doesn't even matter anymore mm -hmm. and that is the part that i think anyone who plays against g just wants to smash their head against the stick because yep. he just gets like this amazing buff which he 
t usually works for because I never get angry when a level 3G without V-Trigger beats me because I'm like, okay, I did something wrong to let him get those levels. But him activating V-Trigger, that doesn't have anything to do with me at all because it just happens. And it's such an huge reward because you can get it off of so many buttons and it leads into so much and it goes on forever it feels like but the reason i have him so low as a character is at the end of the day g is very much a 50 50 character which means he really like every time he guesses right you're gonna be so angry and it's just gonna when is, kill you. When is he a 50 50 character outside of command grab that's basically his whole game plan to get you to the corner and then you have to go for the command grab or the hit. Yeah, but I've I've spent many rounds against G where the command grab never even came out because people are G players are sometimes afraid to use it because of the whole twelve frames thing. But yeah, sure. Uh, the command grab is a thing, but I don't think the command grab is the maker like I, I I that is a fifty fifty. But to call him a fifty fifty character, like I don't see that move enough to make that the defining part of his character. I would say that in a first to two you might have a point, but and many tournaments are first to two, so sure, that is a fair point. But if we say that you play a first to ten against the same G, and you go two or three matches without him ever using the command grab, I think you're probably going to destroy him the next time, if he keeps mm -hmm. that same play style. So, sure, sure, he has to use that, and that is a 50-50. But I don't think that that defines him. I think there's a lot of other ways he does get damage, a lot of other components well, that are well, significant Well, let me jump in, in here. Gameplay. I, I want to mention that, that G's command grab, why it's such a deadly threat, is I believe at level two he gets around 600 damage or 500 damage off of, into super uh, off of a single command grab. And is that right, Steven, somewhere around that ballpark? Yeah, it I think with, uh, with V-Trigger 2, because I'm a V-Trigger 2 user, uh, you, I can get like five something, like 520 something, I think, off a of command throw. So yeah, he gets some good damage there for sure with command throw at yeah, the higher and, levels. And, that's insanity because I don't know of any other character that gets that much damage off of command throw and that's actually why I agree with Nicholas Majatention Hand when he says he's a 50-50 character because he's draining so with some characters more than half of your life when he gets a single command grab on you so, mm -hmm. so yeah so I, I see G as and I'll let you finish here Nick because I know you're in a train of thought there but I, I'm just going to say I see him more as like a 70-30 character in his favor for a lot of things mm. but I'll, and mm. we'll get to that later but I just want to say that and let you get yeah, I can see what you mean, especially when he's leveled up, because he has a lot of options that are safe when he's in uh, V-Trigger or level 3. So, yeah, I mean, 70-30 makes sense, even though I still... I, I mean, the conflict for me is always command grab or I think it's medium punch he uses. Mm -hmm, I don't yeah. remember. Yep, but yes. One punch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So medium punch or command grab, that's always what I'm thinking about. And one of these options, if I'm guessing wrong, is going to net him like 50% of my life. Mm -hmm. Um... But if I guess right, odds are pretty good that I'm going to get 50% of his life. Yep. Mm -hmm. And having a character that works that way, I won't say they couldn't ever be top tier, because that's obviously not true. But it's very difficult for me to rate him that high when I see a character that just has to guess right. Because obviously, fighting games are about guessing. You make tons of different guesses in footsies even. like Every aspect has some level of guessing to it. But... G's guesses are high risk. They're extremely high reward, like unbelievably high reward. Yeah. But they're well, also wait, where high, are they risk. high risk outside of a command grab. Which which ones are high risk? If you guess right, you're going to be able to punish him for it. Right, right, right. But I mean, what are his other guesses that are high risk outside of the command grab? Well, if he gets knocked will... down, he has to worry about losing his levels, and he has to worry also about Oki because he can get rushed down to hell, and he has very, very poor defense. And and that's 
Yeah, so that's that's the risk there. It's like, okay, look, I can I can mash Danny medium punches or whatever and do meaty pressure. But once I'm outside of that, if they read me right, if they did an invincible reversal or did whatever, even if they did a V reversal and got me down, now I have to worry about, okay, how do I get back into an advantageous point? And if I get knocked down, again, I'm losing levels, I'm losing my pressure, and I'm I'm gonna I'm at risk of being just destroyed because I don't have defense, especially if I'm using V trigger one because I have to wait for the three bars and I can't use V reversal. So again, for me, I use V trigger two. That's why I do it because the risk of being knocked down and pressured is so high for that character. And it's something I think people don't really consider enough because when you get in there, you start feeling it. I mean, he doesn't have a three frame. You're stuck. You're pretty stuck there. I mean, you can wait it out and try to, you know, poke them out and stuff, which is what I do. I block more with this character than any character I've ever played because of his poor defense, and that's the risk. It's you don't want to let your opponent hit you and knock you down because you're losing your power and you're gonna get you're at risk of being smothered to death. And that's why you try to keep them, you know, in the corner, you try to mix in command throws, but if you risk something and you guess wrong, the whole thing can be over right away. Right. And and so and I don't disagree with that. I know that G has poor defense, which thank Thank goodness, mm-hmm. because he would be easily top tier, like number one, if he had like yep. a three frame or a reversal or something like that, where he could get you off of him. Um, but what my question is, though, is again, we're talking about him as a character that has to take a lot of risks, and then we identified command grab as that risk, which well, is a fifty-fifty. Yeah, I, which I, I, I know agree. where you're going with where, where, uh, where are the other risks? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain the other risks, and that that's a fundamental thing about Street Fighter Five. Actually, that's where the risks come in. Street Fighter as a franchise generally has been known as a very safe game. You play as safe as you possible, uh, possibly can with minimal risk, and you don't open yourself up and do scrubby things like jump, right? Like jumping is like one of the most scrubby things you could traditionally do in a Street Fighter game. Well, Street Fighter V says screw all that. You're going to properly measure risk versus reward at all factors and all points in the game. And that very much goes to a former Capcom employee. That was his uh, very much style of playing any Street Fighter game, even past ones. Um, but I digress. Uh, so when you are doing offense in Street Fighter Five, you are usually opening yourself up to be blown up in some way, shape, or form. You That is a double-edged sword of offense in this game. And usually you are taking calculated risk. Uh, you should be, at least. If you play Rashid, then, you know, screw it. But <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you, you should be looking at stuff and saying, okay, what is my risk-reward for, for doing this right now? If I just pop V-Trigger, my reward is very high for any type of risk I'm taking. You know, And again, hitting a button, g- getting in someone's face, doing a shimmy. Like, how popular are shimmies in Street Fighter V, right? And that's mm-hmm. because the risk uh, versus reward it's very heavy reward because if you get someone to commit to a button or beta throw you destroy them yeah, but, or DP. yeah exactly and and look at how not dominant that style was in previous street fighter games you could do it like character by character but that's where the risk comes in with g because you are potentially and again everyone's taking this risk in, in street fighter 5 that's what i'm getting at right you, you are you are potentially risking being opened up and having no defensive options because you've burned all of your resources mm-hmm. and now you've got Oki pressure against you. That's where the 50-50 aspect comes in to me. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but that's everybody in the game. Exactly, right? exactly. Okay, so, yes. so G is not, like th- that doesn't add or subtract to G's ability relative to the rest of the cast, which is what we're talking about right now as well, a tier it, list, right? The only thing I, that I'll add in on there is that G's defense is probably bottom three in the entire game. Mm-hmm. And so his risk for, for trying offense is much heavier than most other characters. Uh, he is a terrible defensive character. I don't mean bad. I mean freaking 
terrible. Yep. Like he okay, is, so so the yeah. answer here is that he has bad defense. Like that's mm-hmm. what you guys have basically yes. been getting at. Is like the whole thing is he's got bad defense. So and and yes, I appreciate that. That's one hundred percent true that he has bad defense. But as far as like the specifics of taking risks, um, and and you guys are talking about it like. Every time he does something offensive, he's taking a risk because that thing could be countered. Okay, so if your if your moves are like I have to take 50-50 approaches, it's either going to be that they do the counter or that they do the thing that this beats. Um, then you're right. What you're arguing there is like, well, then a character with poor defense is going to eventually find themselves on defense, and if that's the case, then they're dead. And like G is very polarizing, right? Because he's yes. he can either run someone over as though they were a defense, uh, like a G on defense, or he's a G on defense himself, right? But it's very extreme either direction. Mm-hmm. My argument, and why I call G a 70-30 kind of character, is that he has so many moves where he's not actually taking a risk to do them because of the way they work. The low rush punch is very unsafe, right? Mm-hmm. But if he uses the, the V-trigger cancel, this is, I think, the most egregious one, he can do a move where he zips across the screen and hits you low. If you uh, are hit by it, then you're into the, what we've called the business, right? And we've talked about that plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can do that and then cancel into V-trigger and then do it four more times, canceling it into a fireball, which makes that move safe. So here's an example of a move that zips across the the screen extremely fast, hits low, combos into significant damage and corner carry, and he can make that safe. And he can do it a total of five times using the V-trigger cancel. And if any of, except for the last one, because of course he doesn't have meter anymore, but if any of uh, the ones before that hit you, he gets to take you to the corner and do G stuff, which is the uh, you know the opposite side of your guys' argument is that his defense is so bad, so when it doesn't go his way, it really doesn't go his way. Well, when it does go his way, it really goes his way. And here's an example of a move that is extremely strong and that is almost riskless when he does and, it. And we agree with that. I think it's mm-hmm. something that everyone universally on the team has said his V-Trigger 1 is too strong and we need to adjust it. I think I think everyone's agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then so beyond that, he's also got uh, amazing control of the of the space that takes minimal risk to do. Like his fireball is extremely fast and covers a great space in front of him. Yeah, you can jump it. That's a thing for sure, but that's a very useful tool. And his anti-air is not a commitment anti-air it's it's a fierce punch so what does it do like 100 damage maybe 80 damage i don't know off the top of my head but the hitbox on that thing covers the entire earth that goes right with the theme of g man because like you're completely behind him no problem and it's a fierce punch right and it resets you into a situation that's it's like it's it's not anti-air jabs from earlier on but damn it is it you know in that kind of ballpark with you know birdie and people like that dalsim anyways it's one of the best anti-airs in the game. He controls space amazingly. His flip kick, which I've talked about before, um, I've, I've labbed it. I'm not as mad about it, but I'll tell you something, man. In the corner, when, you, when he has you cornered, he gets to perfectly space that move. And when that move is perfectly spaced, it comes without risk. And it catches you if you happen to be doing anything, including jumping forward. It has an amazing coverall hitbox. And it's safe because he gets to space it. Like, this character has a lot of advances where he does not put himself at much risk. So, yes, in a perfect world where he's amazing on defense or on offense and, and terrible on defense, and he's right down the middle so he could go into either category at any time during the round, yes, you're right. But I see him as a character that has a lot more offensive potential, takes a lot less risks than the average character in this game, and gets so much off of his offense that I don't think it's an exact trade-off. His defense and his offense are not 
exactly opposite. I think his offense is stronger than his defense is weak. And that's why I put this character higher up. So oh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just jump in and say, uh, and we'll turn it over to you, Stephen, in mm-hmm. just a second here. But we're talking over each other a lot. We all have a lot to say, and that is what G is right now. Mm-hmm. He is a freaking lightning rod for attention. He's very divisive. You guys can hear our opinions going all up and down. Um, his hit or, mit- nature, uh, hit or miss nature really gets in people's heads. And uh, it's just, it's so hard for us to, to separate like the fact from the fiction right now. And, and it's just, it's a very interesting, but I'm going to turn it back over to Steven here so he can, he can finish us up and then we have to move on. But, but yeah. Yeah. So Raptor, everything that you said on the surface is, is pretty darn accurate. Um, but what, again, as the, I've been talking about before is people not taking into account is the fact that with his, the level of uh, how technical he is, and each of his levels, his presidentiality levels, all of those things that you just talked about change. Every level, it's a different different effect, different way that it works. So you can say, yeah, his fireballs are really good, but you need to be in level two and you need to space them right or you're going to eat a jump in and then it could be all over. It's very much a, you know, uh, flip kick as well. It's the same thing. It's you have to space it right. There's definitely... Sometimes he has to play like a normal character. No, no, but... no. He, he has... There's risk to flip kick. I, I really wish I could convince you on that because I could... You could ask John how many times I get hit out no, of No, I move. get that you can beat it. I get yeah. that you can beat it, but it beats so many more. It covers if many options. It come out once. yeah it does it can beat that stuff if you let it come out and he has it has a ton of startup i think like 28 frames of startup and then it doesn't even have a hitbox until actually it, it like passes the arc so you're you can hit him during that entire time when am i gonna when if she's doing the, the flip kick that close then it's punishable anyway but i'm talking about when he spaces it. yeah usually that move is used when you get a knockdown and you want to close the distance and at that point that's how i use it a lot of the time because it's I can get it on. I can get it media and make sure that I'm actually hitting you with it, and then it's safe on block. But you could see that coming a mile away. I do it from full screen away, essentially. There's and of course to top that off, I need to be at certain levels to screen? do it. I have to do it, be at certain levels to get it to be safe that way. So it's it's a juggling act, and there's a lot more threading the needle that people don't see about this character. Sure, sure. But like you're the things you're talking about is like, well, he has this move that that sometimes it isn't safe, and it's like, yeah, that's most of the rest of the honest working class, you know, or. or cast of characters it's like yeah we all have to space our moves safely and think about them too but sometimes you don't sometimes you don't in the sense of you have to set it up properly with that character and you have to have the right conditions and actually even then i wouldn't say sometimes you don't have to set that move up properly and you can just do it again i'm very much in the camp of flip kick is not as powerful as people think it is if it hits it's damn good don't get me wrong it's a good pressure tool but it can be beaten a lot easier than people think it is Oh man! I, right, we'll have I just want to give one on last here. thing. I just oh, want to yeah. give Go. one last thing. Yeah. Because I actually never said that I think G's defense is weak. Because I don't. Oh, I one hundred percent agree with Raptor yeah, on his defense. That's a whole other argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just I just want that on the record. The reason I put him low is because I think he's inconsistent. But mm-hmm. that doesn't have to do with his defense. Okay. Because I think his crouching heavy punches. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well said. It, 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 I love this, and we have to move on to our next character here. But I will just say, this is why I enjoy this discussion with G and having a character like him in the game. It's like, you can just see all the different opinions and it's like, we, we work on this stuff like constantly and even all of us are divided on how this character breaks down and what he does. It's He's a really interesting, compelling character, but we'll get into that later here. Um, next up we have at number eight, we have Urien. Steven, this is a character that you used to play. Um, this is a point on the tier list where, where I'm just going to say that things get a bit scrubby and maybe... 
a lot scrubby, depending on how you want to look at this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Stephen, go ahead, go ahead and kick us off with that, with that maybe note in mind. I don't know. Just One hell of a segue, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, with Urien, he's, he's definitely a strong character. He has some really great tools. Um, he's got great offense. He has a really good reversal option with uh, EX Headbutt. Even though it's pretty slow in startup, it still works very well. He can combo into it. You can get V-Trigger 1 off of it. Uh, he has just do it as well so with ex uh, shoulder tackle and thing and spaced uh, perfectly spaced regular tackles and uh, to an extent the the knee as well the knee drop uh, even though that can be anti aired um, he has good buttons as well like standing charge standing heavy punch is really good it has good range it crush counters uh, standing medium punch is also really good uh, and of course we have to talk about V Trigger One which is the Aegis Reflector which is probably one of the best V Triggers in the game uh, it's it's just locks you down it, it has a lot of utility for that character the the mix-up potential is through the roof um he's just overall a really good character in my opinion um but uh, he also shows up just like super consistently in tournament results too like there's yep. numerous players playing him uh you'll see varied results for him but he's pretty consistently uh, in top eights and top 16s uh, from what i was seeing uh and one thing to note as well that is um He's very often the number one uh, best winning character uh, online in the online stats. It's usually him and M. Bison, which we're probably going to have an argument about those two characters pretty soon. Um, but he, <laughs> he has a very good win rate online as well. He's popular. Um, I think he's not really winning any major stuff right now, like getting first from what I'm seeing. But I think that's a pretty good indicator of where he's at, considering that how often he's showing up in tournament results anyway. Uh, overall, I think he's just a damn strong character. Yeah, um, Yurian is a character to me who can play footsies, but he gets by on a lot of dashes and just do it moves. Mm-hmm. And of course, as you mentioned, the very powerful V Trigger One. Yeah. Um, so he can win a lot of encounters on his high damage, so he operates in a very risky style but often with very heavy rewards, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this perfectly encapsulates what Urian is, right? And this is his EX headbutt, and that it can lead into V-Trigger 1, Mm -hmm. or set up other combos which are really powerful, but also it can be baited by many meaty light attacks, and he dies at that Mm -hmm. point, right? And that's Urian. It's like, okay, I'm going to take this huge risk and potentially get this huge reward, or it's going to backfire on me, and I'm going to get blown up for it. And like that's why I call him a super scrubby character because you can get by just doing a bunch of random just do it moves just do this just do that and it might work out in your favor and you might get blown up for it and it's just like watching Urian dash back and forth like 15 times in like the span of like five seconds it's like okay we get it like we get you this is like wait what are you gonna do here but John Raptor I know you have some thoughts on this damn character. I know you love just do it moves. Like, kick us off here, man. Like, what what are you thinking right now? Uh, well, right now I'm thinking about the headbutt you're talking about, and I think that that move uh, DPs like that. Ed, Falk, and Yuri, and I think the three with that kind of DP in this game, where you can bait it with an, a meaty move and then still block, are I think the worst DPs in the game as far as wake up moves. It's I, I love I love that situation against any of those characters because it can only go my way as long as I time things correctly, hmm. and um, and they still do it. You know, like with that, you have to go to a second level of like your, your delay DP and things like that. So um that move is actually i think uh, somewhat of a detriment to the character as far as like how good he is i think uh, like that that's as the aggressor i'm happy to see that move coming out but Hold it on. I, is I just, very good i have to interject and say that john plays nikali and that character has no recovery whatsoever mm-hmm. on any of his normals and so that's why he feels that way but go ahead yep. continue 
Well, no, you can you can bait those moves <laughs> yeah, with everybody. Just, your your well, character's normals are in. insane, mm-hmm. uh, but I get it. You're you're not wrong. It just may be not fully accurate there. But yes, yeah, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, but yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, the big thing where that move tends to be scary is that he can use it like when you are like trying to play frame trap and 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 uh, like further on in the interactions during block strings and things like that. Because it's got like such a big window, it gives you so much time to be pushing a button. Um, and in those situations, uh, that just seems to be the, the thing that works more. So it, that's actually kind of a scary move that, that your ends will toss out. And then the, the headbutt hits your soul because there's like there's pretty much no situation where that move hits where it like was was earned. It was always a guess by the Urian player almost. And, and so therefore it's like, yeah, that, that sucks because they got lucky to an extent usually when that move hits. Um, then they have, uh, along the same track, the fact that they can kind of use goofy normal headbutts to to mess with your throw game. It's like it's not really real, but it's weird, and you have like odd blocks done, and you kind of get gypped out of, you feel gypped after those kinds of sequences too. So these are kind of things that make the character, or help the character make you feel kind of crappy when you lose to him. <laughs> but as far as how good he is... Uh, it is all about just do it. His uh, sh- EX shoulder tackle can come out at any time. It's very quick. And uh, it used to be... Remember, guys, remember when it was Plus? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That uh, movie used to be Plus. I just want to take a moment of silence to remember that that movie used to be Plus. I want a moment of salt or something like that. I yeah. want some <laughs> silence on that, man. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> now it's zero, which is great. Uh, but he can do that into V-Trigger, which just further augments his just do itness. Um, his knee drop is curiously strong. It it's like an Altoid. Uh, it like <laughs> it, it should be. It, it I don't know. It's an it's an odd move. He goes in an odd movement like pattern and an angle and and for some reason, it's it seems more plus than it should be for what it is. And like I I feel like if you're designing this move, you go well. He hangs out in the air for like 20 minutes. It feels like you should be able to react to it. But I think the hurt box uh, or the hitbox in front of it is too good for that. And so it, it's really a powerful thing that a lot of Urians will just use to try to escape the corner with. And um, or, or if they're just feeling pressured, it's something they'll just toss out. And it's something that it's very difficult to react to when you're balancing and juggling all the other things that you as, a, as an opponent of Urian have to constantly be worried about. The, sh- the forward dash, the shoulder tackle, um, his, his neutral with his normal buttons, if he's got V-trigger, all of this on you know turned up to level 11, and a fireball. Right? And he can be doing a lot of these things. He's got great reach. So you're constantly on your toes already, which really opens up this move. And uh, the EX version, I believe, is plus. So it, it like, closes the gap and leaves him plus. And it, like, the, really the only, I think, effective way to anti-air these are to uh, react with DPs, which you should be able to do, but hot damn is it hard. And uh, he gets away with them a lot as a result. The other huge thing about him is his, uh, his neutral and his, his normals. They used to be better. Crouching medium kick used to be even better as a low that goes forever. It's like dalsam range, but was uh, but they fixed that. Heavy punch has been nerfed, and still it is a footsie murderer. Because you can try to play footsies with Urian, and sometimes they'll do it. Sometimes they won't resort immediately to getting a bar and doing a stupid special move that's safe. Like, just doing it. I, I, I want to just add in really quickly that I've been sharing around our office, like, the Flow video. If you have never watched it before, Flow teaches a master class of how to play Urian <laughs> in Season 2. And he just like, okay, what you do is you, you start off with the Fierce, then you go into Fierce, and then you go into Fierce again. 
and and he's like it's just literally it's him pl- hitting fierce over and over and over <laughs> again and winning in ranked matches and it's like it's scripted but you can see it's literally a ranked match he's playing against a solid Karen player and he's completely dominating and winning but yeah yeah it, it's so just, it, oh. and that's exactly where I was going is this fierce punch it's a button that um, just in the in the realm of normals is a just do it type of button because of how because of its properties it's very powerful it crush counters and if it's charged up for like a half a second then it it uh he allows him to follow up with a dash forward crouching fierce punch um which is still i think too much because the the using the charged up version is a part of the game plan with this move similar to like mika's drop kick where you change the timings of when you let it out um, as if it were whiff punishable. That's like one of the huge things about it. It's very difficult to whiff punish. I think it needs to have like for what it can do, the crush counter properties, how much damage it does, um, and and how fast and and amazing it is. Uh, I think it needs to have a a bigger hurt box out in front of it. So if it is whiffed, you can like players can more consistently punish it. Uh, it shouldn't be something that would be how strong it is. That's the kind of thing that it would need is like an abnormally large hurt box in front of it to balance it for what it does. Um, and then you'd have to you'd forced to like not just toss it out. But the way it works now, you're in players toss it out and you see his movement. So first of all, you're like, OK, now I'm going to time a whiff punish, which is, as everyone knows, very, very intricate. Like you only have frames to 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 line these things up and you have to react to that. Well, just kidding, he did the charged up version. So he's coming out a few frames later, which means you're not with punishing him, he's crush countering you. And, uh, and and that kind of thing happens so often. This move is amazing. So it's this huge constant juggling act that he has with amazing normals, amazing just do it moves. And we haven't even gotten to V trigger. If you hit him, he builds his V trigger. And then once that's uh, accumulated, he gets to go into these zany uh, round potentially ending robbery sequences. And he peppers all of those aforementioned things into this. It's like Urian on crack, and he gets that for getting hit, which is one thing I don't like about V-Triggers in general in this game, but that's another podcast for another day. Uh, the character is amazing. Damn, Raptor. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go, Nick. <laughs> Dude, I, I literally have to jump in and just say, like, if we just made a podcast about G and Urian, like, John could fill five hours of content on that stuff. <laughs> just talking about their normal, like, oh, my God. You know, but, but, Nick, let me go ahead and turn that back over to you, Doug, so you have a chance to, to weigh in there. Um, one thing that Raptor was talking about, which actually dawned on me right during his rant, is... Urian is basically a good Alex with an Aegis. <laughs> because we talked about Alex before, right? And we talked about the threatening part of Alex is he has all these different options. And they're not actually good. But you can't be looking at all of them at the same time. Urian also has a bunch of options, but they are good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you need to be looking for <laughs> yeah. them. And uh, even if you're right, you might end up in trouble. Uh, and that actually kind of dawned on me just now. Dude, uh, are you a Urian player now, and are you going to win all the Swedish tournaments? No, but the guy who who I practice the most with used to main Alex and mains Urian now, mm. and I suddenly like the cogs in my brain are turning. I, I'm starting to get it now. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, Nick, if you uh, need to I learn think... scrub a Urian, let me know. I can teach you everything. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I think uh, when it comes to Urian players, uh, a lot of them. Probably not all of them, at least not online. But I think a lot of them enjoy the challenge of doing the more difficult things with him, like the headbutt loops and stuff. And I mm-hmm. think that stuff is definitely earned because that yeah. is really difficult and that's some really cool stuff. I love that that's in the game. But of course, like you were saying, 
like regular headbutts in the middle of neutral just to bait out your throw and stuff. Obviously, he's doing the right thing, but he's probably not actually reading your throw. It's more like, well, if I do this and he blocks it, he's not going to be able to punish it anyway because it's kind of wonky and he's not going to be prepared for it. And that that's kind life of stuff, for Urian. Silver that's... spoons in their mouths. Sorry, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff is probably why people end up so frustrated by this character. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at tournament results, he definitely does good. I think he's a strong character. I do think he has some weaknesses here and there, and they're mostly, or probably only prevalent, if you play one of the characters that beats him, which I don't think Nikali necessarily mm-hmm. does. So I think if you play a character that doesn't beat Urien, you're gonna feel the way Raptor is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I play Alex, right? And Urien is one of his absolute nightmare matchups. It's the worst. And we have tons of Urien players in Scandinavia for whatever reason. So I end up running into him every offline tournament, basically. Mm-hmm. And I always get destroyed. And it just... I mean, he's hes one of the major reasons I started playing Ibuki. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. So I get it. But I also speak a lot to Urien players. And I've gotten this heavy impression that when he meets someone who outclasses him, especially in the neutral, then all of a sudden it's a very hard match for him. I know they hate Karen, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually had this character a bit lower um, than, than you guys there. Uh, he's at 8th, item at 10th. And that is because of his lack of CPT wins compared to how popular he is. Now, Nemo did win Headstopper 2019. He has one win under his belt here for the entire CPT season with how popular of a character he is, especially in the Asia region. Like, you, you go to Asia and, like, you see Yuri and just all up and down. Um, so I feel like his results are just a tad bit underwhelming. They're, they're just not, you know... Just a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So Dogara has also dropped him for an even better character, Bison, who we'll get to here in a little bit. <laughs> and I also think that counts for something here, like with this placement. So I, I have a tough time like reconciling all the stuff we're talking about, like Urian and G, like they, they spark such like intense intense emotions with our staff, and I love that. Like it's great for the pod, but it's like how much are we maybe blowing these characters out of proportion because we hate the way that they play? Like they, they Yo, let me mm-hmm. say something to that really quick. G has for us not I don't think he's the super popular. I think we've only like more and more pocket G's are coming out. But anyways, he's won four CPT events so far right. this year. That I, and it's like that's not insignificant. I mean, Karen's oh, yeah. won forty, but you know, like not not really. But uh, that's that's a lot. Right, but we we talked about that earlier too, though, that he can win totally a weekend, and the next weekend you don't see G at all. And I think that's the big difference there. Yeah, with Urian, he's always in tournament results, and he won once. So it's kind of a... He's constantly in the higher ranks of tournament results. With G, it's like he'll win, but then also he'll disappear a weekend. And that's, I think, the difference there. So yeah, he won four, but also how many weekends did he just not even place at all? Yeah, we're going to have a, a separate podcast um, yeah. For like five hours that just discusses G. I'm not doing that. My head will explode. Yeah, right. I'm not doing that <laughs> <That's>, one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But next up here we have Cammy uh, uh, at number seven. Uh, did we say something about Scrubby? Oh, boy. It's time <laughs> to talk about Cammy. But Nick, um, you, oh, you're uh, going to lead us off the discussion here. Sure. Um, so the f- when it comes to Cammy, I think... Uh, first of all, we definitely have a reputation at Event Hubs. Uh, for hating Kami. <laughs> we have a lot of pieces that talk about how prevalent she is in tournament, and there was a lot of talk about how strong she was. On a personal level, I I mean, you can't argue against her prevalence in tournament. That's just facts, right? Mm-hmm. On a personal level, I, I wasn't quite as convinced at how good she was as many others were. Like last season, 3.5, I would put her in top five, but I would put her in fifth and not higher than that. And this season, um, I think I didn't even put her in my top ten. No, exactly. Um, 
Cammy is a character where when I see the complaints about her, some are absolutely legitimate, but I also see some complaints that are completely out there. And I remember one comment that I kept seeing all the time about Cammy, and I even see sometimes in season four is, oh, Cammy has everything. That's mm. something that people say. Wow. And that's just absolutely not true because there are tons of things that Cammy doesn't have. She doesn't have a fireball. She doesn't have a command grab. She doesn't have a reliable overhead in any way. She only has like, you know, jump, instant, uh, light kick, whatever. So Cammy actually lacks a lot of tools. The thing is, the tools that she does have are absolutely amazing. She's so good at the game she plays. Mm -hmm. Like, unbelievably good. Even now, after she got somewhat nerfed, she's so good. But her playstyle is very linear. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Just because you know what's coming, it doesn't mean that you can necessarily stop it. But you know what she's going to go for. And most of the time, when once Cammy gets you to the corner, it'll be you, you'll be in hell because it's either a throw or it's a hit. And, you know, you can't always just do right there. And obviously, Cammy doesn't have that much trouble getting in, especially once V-Trigger is popped. So she's strong, absolutely. But she isn't... A mix-up monster that mm -hmm. some people try to kind of make her out to be for some reason uh, I'm not throwing shots at anyone in here I'm talking about general comments mm -hmm. and uh, that's where I think she's I wouldn't say she's overrated anymore but I think she might have been a bit overrated and now I think she's very strong but maybe not maybe not top 10 material ish yeah, this to me is another Fisher-Price character. Um, if you don't want to use your brain, uh, if you just want to do stuff, but you want to play a female while doing so, Cammy is your character. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's, she's got brain-dead confirms, brain-dead setups. Uh, you could just pretty much walk around and do stuff with this character and actually net some pretty decent outcomes. And we've actually seen that on the Capcom Pro Tour. It's like, oh, hey, I got 33rd, and, you know, I was playing Cammy. Yep, Yo, is she easier than Nikali? Uh, they're actually tied. Um, it is, uh, and, and this is the thing about it is, like, as Nick said, the character falls apart at very high levels of play because when someone has labbed Cammy's core setups, they're all really good. She doesn't have any other tools to fall back on. It's like she has that one core set of tools that's really strong, and that's all you can do. And if someone knows how to deal with all those or they have a character that can deal with it, it's like, guess what? She's not doing anything at that point. And that's how come Cammy's not winning anything in this season yet. Um, well, mm -hmm. I mean, she always has neutral to fall back on with that walk speed and that low forward, and she always has dive kicks to either like actually go at you or cut things short and get you to whiff a DP into your own death for for anti-airing appropriately i mean those kind of things i think exist across the board maybe save for like a i don't know i think that she's always got that to fall back on yeah i mean her base tools are really good but like if someone has really good counters for that like where else can cammy go and you, you know you say footsies but it's like yeah cammy's not really getting a ton off of her footsie play like she's trying to really get in her face and get her damage that's where she gets her pressure from yeah um, she she earns her up close stuff she yeah. earns it well, <laughs> well, with okay. the whiff punish, she doesn't have to. Okay, yeah, she can do okay. the stupid dive kick thing I just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. I, I think one of the things that I really go back to with this character is like, and, and this is a problem with Street Fighter Five in general. And I think that when people think about Street Fighter Five and they they look at the execution required in the game and the thought required, they go, "This game is brain dead and stupid." And you look at characters like Cammy and you go, "You know what?" That is a problem. She is the poster child of, of what is wrong with Street Fighter V with the main complaints that people have about the game. And, and going into the character is something we've discussed quite a bit. It's like, I wish they would alter her to be less brain dead uh, and only be you know good at certain moments of the match. Um, 
where it skill is required to to play her you know versus just like oh, i you know i just kind of want to hit buttons and do stuff and it's like well everyone else is playing chess cami players are learning to count to seven and it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty much what it is though i mean go take the character oh, in trading mode and, and yeah. yeah well i mean i i also don't think that you know I don't think it's a matter of making her more technical because I think it's good to have characters that you can be good with that don't require a ton of investment because I think that that works well for newcomers and things like that. It it it, it lowers the the entry level barrier. And me, um, but they probably shouldn't be that good. It's like you know it's how we talked about earlier. It's the more technical character. If you put a ton of time into them, yeah, you should get that reward. It should they should be really good at the end of the day. But in Cammy's case, it's like if she's that easy to use. Maybe knock her down a bit. Keep her that easy to use, but don't make her that strong and don't make her tools that amazing. It's you know it's fine to have characters that are that are at that level because you need a wide variety of different skill levels and, and things for different characters. So why not just have Cammy be that? You know. But, but dial of combos shouldn't do as much damage as regular combos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like Cammy. When I think about Cammy and where we are right now. Uh, I have to think about the history of her lifespan, um, at least through Street Fighter V thus far. And it feels like a, like a, a still smoldering hot battleground where there's so many deaths and so much frustration and so much salt. And uh, like I say, it's still smoldering and there's still fires and stuff. And, it, and But Cammy herself finally, like someone finally made it through and hit her with the nerf bat. Like, yeah. she was just growing and growing and growing, and it was this problem that everyone saw it coming, and then they finally, like, someone made it through and probably died valiantly in the process, <laughs> but got to her and hit her with a nerf bat. <laughs> and it didn't kill her, but it cast her down into human form or some stuff like that, whatever. And now that's where we are. And considering how bad it's been with Cammy and how I've learned to kind of just like to a certain extent meet street fighter five halfway and say this is what i want this is what you are how about we meet halfway and so like i like lower my expectations and i open my you know view, broaden my view a little bit and developers like kind of change things and get rid of input lag and stuff like that with where cami is now well, hold on, i'm hold okay on. you know I, I agree with you where you're going and i totally see that like it's it's i think the mindset a lot of players have but but john i'll throw this at you raptor why not fix that if you know it's an issue well, because okay, I'll, I'll I'll answer that in my answer, I, I believe. But uh, ask me again if you don't feel like I've satisfactorily answered it. But um, I think that so okay. Wait, where was I? I said that she. I don't remember anymore. Um, okay, just what was your question then? Why why not fix it? So if Cami is so you know basic to play, but that is a problem with Street Fighter Five inherently. We've learned to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Why not? fix that why why not make her more of a challenge to play and and make that less of an issue if we know it's an issue yeah i think that that's something that we could do but i don't know how much resource we have left and that's a pretty fundamental thing because you're starting to like change character identities that we've understood them as for years Mm -hmm. and uh and then like change the game identity and it's like a little bit late in the game to do that kind of a thing so it's more like we've had this fight with cammy and it's been very hard but now we're at a place where it's still she's still good but i feel like she's like more or less acceptably good and like the things that that she has that are kind of bs 
it's like, yeah, well, that's there's there's so much of that in this game, and it's like we're happy to have made as much progress as we have. And this is a very bleak view of the character. Yeah. But it's just like, I'm like, at least she's not what she was. I can stomach her. There are worse problems now. And I've kind of moved on to complaining about G instead. Um, and, and, and I don't think that her issues are ex- insanely bad, especially because she's not winning very much. She's very popular because she's easy to play. And she's cooler than Nikali or she's wearing a leotard. I don't know what the difference is because they're both easy to play. But people flock to this character. Uh, she's known. She's been loved for a while. I don't, I, I don't see Cammy and go, oh, crap. Or, and I don't see Cammy and go, oh, this is what like taking away from the, the game that I'm watching. She's fine. It's like she's, yeah. she's good, but it's okay. It's lawful good. I need to address that, actually, because the thing about Cammy is as much as a lot of players hate her and as much of a prevalence she had in top 16s and what have you, she actually never was winning that much. I mean, it's not like Cammy's never won a tournament. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But she definitely didn't have the highest win rate in any season. I'd be surprised if she even had a top three win rate because I I don't remember which season Cammy was most hated. Was it season three, maybe? Um, I think yeah, so. She, yeah. yeah, probably. But yeah. For, when she, she was won hated every... for kind of like different yeah. reasons, but yeah. for each season. Yeah, yeah I mean, she yeah, got buffs all the way up until then, and that then she was most popular in usage. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even then, she wasn't actually winning a lot of tournaments at all. Uh, she was getting second and third quite a bit, but she wasn't actually winning a lot. And I think with these nerfs that she's gotten now, that, because uh, me and Steven were actually talking before the podcast about her ease of use mm-hmm. uh, was a major reason that a lot of multi-game players were using her. Right. You had players like Kazunoko, you had players like Shaohai. They were all using uh, Kami and doing pretty well with her. She was definitely a very strong character, and she is now too. But we've seen a pretty big exodus of people leaving Kami in Season 4. You see uh, NL, Verloren, uh, Kazunoko, as I was mentioning earlier... They've all dropped the character entirely. But I think Verloren plays her in one matchup. And then you have players like Shaohai and Mago. They've switched off her, like, half. So they play half Karen, half Kami. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a lot of people just leave Kami, probably because I think the ease of use versus the linearity isn't matching up properly at the top levels anymore. But I it's think... not worth it, yeah. Yeah, I think at mid-levels, she may still be very strong. Mm-hmm. But when you're at the top level, I think it's like the ceiling you're going to hit with Kami comes too early for it to be worth it uh, when you have uh, that level of linearity to your gameplay. Yeah, in the NBA, they use it a lot. Like they have a high basement, but a low ceiling. And I think that that encapsulates Kami very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, just before we move on from Kami, I, I do have to go back to one thing Raptor said, and he called her lawful good. And if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, that is like the biggest insult ever. We're like chaotic. I thought you might get yeah, that. chaotic good dude is like where we're going with that. I'm a huge nerd, but I had to correct it. You're There's right. No I'm way. sorry. Yeah, you know. she's so, she's close to the middle and a little bit on the good side. <laughs> so is Seku lawful good then? <laughs> yeah, Seku would be def- definitely lawful good. Him, like Manat, a few others like that. So, so. Alex is chaotic neutral. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> evil, man. Like that's, that's a different podcast. D and D in the Street Fighter roster. Yeah, I guess I'm the only person on here who is not into D because I don't get any of these references. I'm not into it. I just apparently I just, you got the I'm reference. You friends had it with right a lot away. of nerds, man. <laughs> All right, so moving on here at number six, we have Birdie, uh, and this is a character who had kind of way too many just do it moves previously. Capcom altered his frame data, ended up in a pretty good spot. But but Nick, you've got quite a bit of time and experience here against this character. Like, how are you feeling? Uh, 
I mean, I always rate Birdie very high, and I think that's because we have a prevalence of Birdie players in my region, and also because I know both Atros and Veggie very well, and they're both very strong with the character. So obviously I see a lot of his strengths. Uh, I also think I rated him the highest out of us. I think I was the only one who had him in my top five. Um, not sure. But I think the main problem with Birdie, for me, is how extremely dominant his normals are. He can just take over entirely. Like, in the neutral, it's so difficult to go up against him, at least with the characters that I'm playing. And it always feels like he gets so much reward from the hits as well. And he definitely has very brain-dead anti-air options. It's so such a hard character to get in on, unless you have some sort of... Uh, trajectory-altering move in the air, like a dive kick or Ibuki's Kunai or something like that, because his crouching medium punch covers basically everything, and if that wasn't, like, bad enough, he also has, like, if he reads you very early, he can do, like, crouching heavy punch into a special or something like that. It's just very, very dominant in that fashion. But one thing I also need to bring up that Veggie was saying to me about Birdie's weaknesses, which I'd never considered myself, was that now in Season 4... Uh, Birdie has two very strong V-triggers, but he doesn't have a safe option to get into those, which puts him kind of at odds with the rest of the cast because basically it's a game everyone... he plays is to yeah. get that situation where he can activate, where everybody else exactly. gets like a free cancel. Like he has to play a game where he makes himself safe. Yeah, and I think his normals complement that a great deal because he's very good at keeping you out. And if he gets one of these big ones, like I was talking about his uh, crouching heavy punch uh, anti-air or something like that, you know, any of these bigger ones. Or maybe even one of uh, the uh, dolphin dives. Then he actually has an opportunity to jump into V trigger. And once he's in V trigger, it's so scary. I mean, especially V trigger two right now. It's unbelievable that that one. Uh, it does so much damage. Output. Yeah. And Nick, so I, I think I did want to elaborate because you and I had a conversation about birdies normal normals just the other day. And I do want to let people know that they're actually very slow by comparison. Um, his light punches, for example, are both five frames. His standing medium punch is seven frames, and it's only plus one on block. That's all very uncommon stuff for Street Fighter Five. But where Birdie gets a ton of mileage off of his normals is the range on them and the very powerful hitboxes that they have. Yeah, because they're the, highest priority because they're his heavy buttons. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that Birdie is playing a different game from everyone else in Street Fighter V because he's playing a mid-range game and he doesn't have that up-close game that other characters have where they put this pressure where you're supposed to have fast mediums that go into plus frames. That's not what Birdie does. He does his mediums or maybe even his lights into a command grab and he has Oki on the command grab if you're in the corner. And then at mid-range, he still keeps you at mid-range. He's just doing something entirely different than you're used to in Street Fighter V. And I think that's also why, to me, it feels like some people underrate him. Because they look at his frame data, or they look at like, oh, if I play Birdie like I'm playing, I don't know, Abigail, someone, it, it doesn't work. It's not going well. But that's because you're not supposed to play him that way. You're supposed to play him a different way, and that's when you get success. We, we also see a lot of different playstyles work with Birdie, but I think they're all fundamentally about controlling that specific space where his normals will outrange you. You see it from Menardi, you see it from Atros, you see it from Veggie. Every birdie player is doing this. And I think... Uh, Trashbox, of course. And I think it's not necessarily that birdie is... <laughs> it's not necessarily that he's dominating the game, but he's dominating his game. Hmm. Dude, he's a character that can play because of those normals that you're talking about. There's like almost dalsim length normals that are heavy punches or, or his sweep, which is like safe at certain distances and like commonly safe. Um, 
he is he he's able to control that space in front of him like that's what we've been getting at but he also has a couple of just do it moves and they're fairly appropriate because they have um they they've been toned down to where like you know now the dolphin dive isn't like as much of a mix-up because you can actually react to it and the um the ex bull head horn whatever i don't know is uh yeah, at least you get to take your turn now more actively than than you did before but he can still do those things and like suddenly surprise you you know like with a forward leap and you always have to be worried about that so you have to be worried about playing footsies you have to be worried for the sudden pounce but then also birdie can choose to play um like the looming zangief where he like throws down a banana so that controls the space too right or or a can and just marches toward you and he still has all of those tools at any time that could come out but he's also marching toward you because he's threatening with his his um like to get into command grab range and then once he's up in your face he's an amazing character right with his with his command grab and like um versus strike mix-ups like he's very strong there similar to a grappler but he's definitely a bruiser with how how heavy he hits and how quick he is like like from those uh heavy punch ranges so the character can play in so many different gears just right off the bat also amazing anti-air with the crouching medium punch um, and that leads into him immediately being at one of his places that he's advantageous so he's got all that now let's talk v trigger right uh, i think it's beautifully made that um, and I think pretty much any V-Trigger should be more like this, where you have to earn the activation as opposed to you get to turn it into like an augmentation for another move, and then also now you're in V-Trigger. Um, I like Birdie, and I like Falk for that. Like, they have to get the hit and actually get this going. It's not just for free. It makes total sense with what they're trying to do here. Like, at least make it kind of hard. Um, so that's really cool. But, oh my gosh. Uh, first of all, this V-Trigger 2 was doing a lot more damage uh, previously because people didn't know. That it was gimmicky. You could cancel it random times and people had learned to, like, this is where I get to take my turn, but nope, and then V-Trigger 2 stuff. That's happening less and less now, but still, it's uh, it's a very earned, but it's, it's a, I think it's too much damage, probably. Like, it's like if you get hit with less than half-life and he's got super, you're done. Stuff like that, you know? And, um, but, like, the, all of these things add up to just such a strong character. Um, but he does take precision and a lot more thought than he used to. Oh, one other thing. His standing light kick is amazing, and you can confirm it into his uh, zonk. The zonk is amazing, too. That's another tool. Anyways, he's got all of these things. It takes... Uh, he's not necessarily technical, but you got to juggle a lot and you got to be quick on your feet with him. And that's kind of weird to think of, but like it, that, that's very true. And, um, but the people that don't, that aren't afraid of birdie, and I would put myself in this camp up until recently, um, are people that just probably only play online and haven't fought like legit thoughtful birdies. And I think the reason Japan's always putting them so high up is because like they're playing against Fudo and, and, Fudo's like perfectly made for this character. The guy is so patient, but has amazing reactions to things. And oh my gosh, you give him all of these tools, and, and he he's gonna get second place every time, man. There's just like no way around <laughs> it. But but the thing is, like I just uh, the character has so much, and um and I think but but he's hard to make that all super efficient with. But once you once you see his potential, once you play against a birdie and feel the the fear of like what all birdies do, they try to get up and kill you. But once you play against one that's like willing to to hang back and thoughtfully like zone you for a while, you're like, what do I do? He can make you feel helpless, and then he goes in for his kill. I think he's he's come a long way and is now a very well designed character. Yeah, uh, what I do like about his V triggers as well is that I feel like they they both kind of complement the different playstyles that you want to run with birdie. 
Yeah, Very where true. it's like, you know, with V-Trigger 1, you can get the armor on the tackle and just kind of keep going in and do the just-do-it stuff and get in close and kind of smother the opponent if, if that's the style of birdie that you like to play. Or if you like to do the one that, that Nick was talking about and hang back and use big normals, you have V-Trigger 2, where you can confirm, you know, standing heavy punch into the chain and get big damage and then get oaky and do all these crazy setups and stuff. And just, man, those, those chains hurt so much when you confirm into them that you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do with that character on top of the fact that he has all of these amazing tools already. So there's there's a lot of different ways you can kind of play that character. And it's just, it's really cool to see that it's it's not so much completely BS or anything like that. You really have to kind of pick and choose what you're trying to do with that character and you can be effective with it. Yeah. Uh, people might wonder why we have him at six overall because we're singing a lot of praises with Birdie. And, and I'll note that he loses to Manat and Guile and then generally characters who can outrange him really well. His normals are slow, as we mentioned before, with great um, hitboxes. But if you can outrange that, you can give him a lot of trouble. Uh, and then he has some very lopsided matchups in his favor. He does very well against schoolgirls. Like, read into that however you want to, but, or want to be schoolgirls, uh, whatever the case may be out there, right? Uh, but uh, one thing I would like to see, especially since we're talking about you know nerfing top tiers, is probably slightly take down his damage, specifically on V-Trigger 2 and maybe his bullhead attack. Like, if you guys go and look at the frame data, it's like you look at the damage those things do and you go, ooh, like maybe that's kind of where Birdie's getting maybe a little bit too much mileage from what he's doing right into those just like giant combos that lop off like 50% of your health or whatever um, so if everyone else comes down he might need to be hit just a little bit there mm -hmm. but but that's kind of where I think it would you know start and end with him just a yeah. little bit of yeah so um, next with his V well with his V trigger really quick um, now uh, like I, I think it's it's very clear that Capcom wanted people to explore this other V trigger with him because it wasn't getting used right so they they took it down to or they made it two bars they made his V trigger one three whatever it was they, they changed the bars uh, I think they brought it down to two. Mm -hmm. And then they also, I think, upped the damage. Or was it always like this and we just didn't realize? I'm, I'm, I, I imagine they believe it was it. always like this and we never realized wow. it okay. because it was too. So, yeah. yeah. So the idea there was to pull back the curtain on V-Trigger 2. Now people know. And now that we know its potential and it took that and that I think it was appropriate. I think that also an appropriate way to go about it would just be to return it to three bars. Uh, because then it's like, yeah, well, hmm. Uh, but I but I might lean towards just nerf the damage on it. Um, yeah, more. I think nerfing the damage probably the better way to go, just because it's good to have a two bar V trigger option uh, for characters. It, it does create a lot of variety, and, and you know I, I've written articles about this extensively on the on the website. But just having a two bar V trigger opens up a lot of different possibilities for you uh, with V reversals and things like that. So I think maybe just reducing the damage down is probably the way to go because I think if you knock it back up to a uh, three bar, it's going to go unused again. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think it's fair to make sure that every character has at least one two bar V trigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's so fundamentally important. If you don't play a character with a two bar, like just having that option, and, and it's it really helps even out a lot of rough edges for characters. And, and yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I don't have that. Yeah, exactly. You're Nikali, though. You don't deserve <laughs> it, man. You don't, you don't deserve it. it. it, it <laughs> leading into these next characters, just because we've been singing Birdie's praises so much, and like I stand by all of it. And you go, like, how come he's not top five? And you go, well, just get ready, buckle up, buckaroos, because we're about to enter the top five. And uh, there's a reason why, as good as Birdie is, these guys are better. Okay, well, actually, yeah, that gets us right here to number five overall, which is Ibuki. Nick, go ahead and kick us off, man. Sure. Uh, so Ibuki is obviously a very strong character. I think anyone who's watched a match with Fujimura probably thinks at least during that match that she's the number one character in the game because mm -hmm. he makes her look like it every single time and 
the thing of the thing with her is she has extremely strong mix-ups like unbelievably strong mix-ups even though v trigger 2 is effectively just one mix-up really skilled debuki players can turn it into like five mix-ups if they <laughs> want to uh but i mean even that is a bit more showboating than anything else to be honest uh sometimes it's really strong of course but you shouldn't go over that too much that's more like trying to uh, appeal to the crowd because when you see fujimura he generally has very solid setups instead uh, that work through it i think where ibuki falters a little bit is not that she's bad at neutral but she isn't as good at neutral as you might think if you're having trouble with ibuki that's probably the area where you should start looking but she does have strong tools as well she has sending light kick is very good it's not sakura tier but it's not that far off and her crouching medium punch is very good, can go into EX Kunai. But she has to can like that's good as a punish, but in footsies you have to cancel it. And if the opponent is blocking, you can't be safe anymore unless you do uh, like the far version, but that has to be at a specific range and everything, you know, and then you're plus two, but still not getting anything huge from it. So it's kind of kind kind of hard to judge mm -hmm. uh that area. But um I think uh, another another thing about Ibuki is the very fact that she lives by these uh, V-Trigger mix-ups, or just mix-ups in general, is probably what causes the massive amount of salt with her. Uh, I remember Veggie telling me, he he's a huge proponent of her being number one in the game. Mm. He never stops talking about it. And he says, I have, I'm only downplaying her because I play her and everything, uh, all that kind of stuff. But he said that any time he loses to Ibuki, he's salty because uh, he lost to a 50-50. Mm. And I, the thing is, you're gonna remember the times you lost to a fifty-fifty, but you're not gonna remember the times you beat the fifty-fifty and guess right. Yep. And I think that makes that warps a lot of people's perceptions. When you look at tournament results overall for Ibuki, uh, she's kind of the inverse of Kami in that she actually does get first places, but she doesn't get anything else because you have Fujimura winning, you have Xi'an winning sometimes, you might have two Ibukis in top 8, but you're probably only going to have two Ibukis in top 64 as well. Mm -hmm. You were saying that her her uh, neutral is like, it looks really good first and foremost, right? But you're saying that's kind of like a facade, that it's not as good as it appears? Yeah, her she definitely has... punch was a lot better before, and I think people kind of still... I mean, it's definitely with Punishable at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, that's good. But she also has a leaping like heavy kick, right? Where she goes uh, airborne yes. and um, and can hit you. That's uh, that's really good. It's not OP, but it's really good. One thing Her about that move that I hate is that it's I hate as an opponent to Ibuki. I'm actually campaigning for nerfs right now. <laughs> is that it's uh, minus uh, three on block? Yes. And I think that's unfair. It should be minus four, mm -hmm. so everyone can actually punish it at the right distance. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then her V-Skill briefly moves her Hurt Box back, and um, you can use that like not only for great pokes that's also building her V-Gauge uh, if she's using it appropriately, but also like for frame trap situations and such, and, and sometimes it's just the difference maker from footsies against everybody else. It's similar to like, you know, how Urian comes back a little bit when, and, and holds on before he like heavy punches you. So that's a really strong tool. Um, at any time, she can throw an EX kunai and get, get in, you know, like if it hits you, it's, it's like, let's go, going to you know, doing the business or, or it's like, at least she's up close to you now. Um, and then she's also got gimmicky dashes that you need to be ready for, but that shouldn't be something that the bookie players fall back on. So she's got all these like kind of great tools. Um, I might even be missing a few, but then it's like, 
Well, and I, and I I kind of feel where you're coming from, but I don't know where it is that she's actually not as good as you think she is. Outside of, I guess, Crouching Medium Punch was better, but like, okay, but then we still have all these things to deal with. Yeah. Because I, agree, I, I think that maybe her biggest weakness is that her neutral's only good and not amazing, and it looks like it's amazing, so it's like, and that's like her weakness, and you go, well... Sure, but I mean, what do you think as far as her neutral goes I, and where where the holes are? I think you're overselling the vehicle in that situation because where it actually shines is when you you as the buki are being pressured. That's when it's really good because yeah, then yeah, she can, can get out of like up. yeah, and that's yeah. where it's really good. I don't think it's that good in neutral because you put yourself at a big risk by doing it because it has a long animation. Mm-hmm. So some characters yeah, it has, it's can more just punishable punish now, right? It. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's as good in neutral as you seem to think, but it's extremely good when you're being pressured. Like, very, very, very I'll, I'll good. give you that. It's maybe not the main poke that she's using. Yeah. Okay, so we'll take that off. What about the other things? The EX Kunai is something that everyone should... I mean, it's 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 weird to say that, like, oh, we'll just do this thing to counter it. But uh, one thing that people are really underutilizing against the EX Kunai, because I assume you're meaning the jump EX Kunai, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. You should be looking for her jumps. And when she jumps, you should neutral jump. Yep, exactly. And, and because then she, you can actually punish it. She eats huge damage mm-hmm. in that situation. Now, a really great Ibuki player is going to look for that and to bait those out and to anti-air you do other things. But it's not easy for her to do those things. It, yeah. except, and that's the necessary movement. Except for when she has V-Trigger 2. And this is something that yeah. Nick clued me into. And this is where I take big issue with the character is that her V-Trigger 2 is a button press. And that means you can do it on reaction and you can do these sick confirms that look amazing. And it's like, then you realize, oh yeah, that's just a button press for her to do that stuff. And yeah. this stuff leads her to my opinion, actually having pretty dishonest neutral where yeah, her neutral is whatever it is, but it's like, she's not playing an honest neutral game against you. She's waiting to do some, some bull crap on you. And, I struggle with this character because like she's so gimmicky and setup based and it seems so strong and then I kind of look at some of the technical requirements and the resources you have to build to do that and I go is that properly balanced right like that's like this character really frustrates me from a design standpoint um all the things that you guys have said it's like okay well not that many people are winning with her I agree but now people are taking Fujimura who is a lab monster who I freaking love Fujimura's like story in the fighting game community is so amazing and I wish like we had like a whole podcast segment to like just devote to him because it would be great (laughs) but um he is doing things no one else is doing now you're starting to see those other players do that and I'm going wait a damn second I think Ibuki is getting too much reward for the resources she's spending now that people have figured out this technology. And it has taken a while for us to get here, and that does lead me to believe that, again, that she's a fairly, not highly technical character, but a reasonably technical character, mm-hmm. right? And that's where I kind of go with this character. It, it, but but how do you guys feel? I think in the top five, she's the most technical. Sure, sure. But I think she, she also looks flashier than and looks more technical with her animations, which are beautiful and they're fun to watch. But I think that makes us feel like she's doing more than she is because you go like, oh, my gosh, she must have done like 300 things. And you all know that, you know, that was a button press. And then it's just like, you know, forward dash into a thing. And it's like, well, that's not all that much. It just looks like it is. Um, So and then maybe we give her more credit because of that. That could be a trap that people like what might fall. into. Well, I think also, too, Uh... it's um, just because of the fact that like how rare she is at the higher levels. It's like if those things were that easy to do 
everybody would be doing them and be effective with them. And that that's kind of what factored in, in for me with the way that I voted for her. It was like the characters above her just I don't feel like they need as much work uh, to be as effective uh, as she is. Uh, and as she does, because it's like you have to put in a lot of time to really get to that point. And even then you have, you know, Fujimura, Zian, you know, doing well with her. Um, but it's like it's so hard to see her at a, or you so rare to see her at a higher level. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I think is factoring in here that it. Yeah, maybe it's not as technical as it looks, but there's still a level of, you know, of work that you have to put in to even get there. We're seeing that with these two players that are that are doing it, you know. But it's just so much reward because it like. The, the, you have her as fifth mm-hmm. overall, right? And your own personal mm-hmm. thing. Um, and and so it's like, but like, okay, so that's something against her, but like she's still good enough to be fifth. Like what does she have that makes her that good? Well, actually, that, that's my next point here is um, I think that her damage, especially on her V-Trigger 2 setups, is too much. Like the, the EX Rida, uh. that's her energy grab, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you will yeah. see sometimes where it's like, that's not going to kill. It killed. Yeah. And you're like, what? And, and, and it really blows your mind, especially. Now, this was not the case before. And that's how come Abuki is. She's a ninja. She's sneaking up on people. <laughs> and, and and it's she's a TIE fighter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and then her, where she releases the multiple kunai, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the shocking amount of damage that stuff does. And Fujimura labbed all that stuff and found it out. It's like now that everyone's doing it, I'm going, ooh, I'm like, I am starting to see why this character is as good as she is. And I, I think Veggie, um, among being the most handsome man alive, like he probably has a point here that like, yeah, I think people are a little bit sleeping on this character because of she's got a little bit of the monot disease, right? She's so cute. You know, she's a schoolgirl. She can't be that like intimidating, <laughs> uh, right? No, nobody's yeah, calling her cute in Street Fighter Yeah, Fighter. have you seen okay. the well, windscreen? Oh, okay. Have you seen the windscreen where they close <laughs> when, up when she has the mask? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I mean, masks I, I nice. think I'm I'm a rare specimen that thinks her face is fine in Street Fighter Five, and I get like yelled at in the streets for that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think I just put my foot in my mouth there, but yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, can with, with the mask on. She's she's cute, okay, but when she takes it off, <laughs> yeah, that's another another podcast, I think. Uh, no, but I would like to address uh, the thing about her EX Rider doing a lot of damage is generally because of what uh, you were alluding to earlier about her Vitri uh, being a button press, because you will get these. Situations situations where the opponent makes a mistake where you get to react with the v-trigger and you have to be in a good position to do this i'm talking about like a straight jump mm-hmm. because then you're starting the combo with a v-trigger so the v-trigger cancel scaling isn't in effect right and that's why it does such huge damage that those types of like hugely damaging situations are generally from opponent mistakes which means that ibuki is extremely good at punishing and that yes. is definitely true i think she 100%. I won't. I won't say number one, but she's top three in punishing in this game for sure. Her punishes are absolutely incredible, but you have to lead your opponent to doing these mistakes, and that's where like that. Like Raptor was talking about, like yeah, she has gimmicky dashes and stuff like that, and yeah, they're very gimmicky. They're never safe. Well, practically never. They're they're not a good idea to do. But you kind of throw them in there anywhere because you want to lead your opponent to think things they're not supposed to be thinking, mm-hmm. which will lead to mistakes, which will in turn lead to punishes. Because Ibuki really wants to do the punishing game, right. and and she's a ninja, and that's what you would expect from a ninja: deceptive kind of attacks <laughs> that that beat you into a sense of security. It's like, it, and this is where I really struggle with this character because it's like she's frustrating to play against, and I get why some opinions are very strong against her, right? 
but she's also not dominating a bunch of matchups, right? She she has very few matchups where she's just like a complete like seven three Ibuki destroys you type thing. But she also has very few heavily disadvantaged matchups. She she tends to end more in the middle. It's like she's such an interesting, uh, compelling character to me in that regard of like, how the hell do we categorize her properly? Like, how do we figure her out? And, and maybe some people have already, but but there it is. Mm-hmm. Next up here at number four, we have M. Bison. And Bison has become a fairly common term- tournament character. And he's either had people switch over to him from other characters, or people pick him back up as a main or an alternative character. Uh, and that's actually a very big thing for me here when looking at you know players' placements and whatnot. People don't drop very strong characters often, right? They start using them. That is a very big deal. And just to th- throw out some names here, Dogra has switched from Urien <laughs> of all characters. Like Urien's still pretty good, and he's like, no, Bison's much you know cheaper. I'm gonna play him, right? Um, Phenom is using Bison again as a sub. Uh, LPM is using him in tournament as a main, at least you know some of the time. It's LPN. He he plays like 50 characters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, Problem X has went from using Bison about 50-50 with Abigail to using Bison almost exclusively in tournament. So this is not a hard character to spot at most high-level events. Someone is usually playing him, and he's placing in the top 16 or higher, if not you know, winning you know, uh, an entire tournament. Like This is a good character with good results here. So my big thing with Bison, to get right into it, seems to be where you place him overall. Is he a top four character in this game, or is he outside of it? And I'll go ahead and open up the floor. I actually had him below top five personally, uh, because I I'm not sure exactly what I should say about him because it's more that I see other characters as better. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily that I have anything to downplay Bison with. I mean, I've been running the same joke about Bison since season two, which is why is he always smiling? Oh, because he's never negative. Because he gets pressure <laughs> forever. It just never ends with this guy. And V-Trigger 2 has been such an incredible compliment to the character because he gets this command grab, which puts a bomb on you, and now he can, like, react to you doing something, and he can do a bomb from it. He also has a Psycho Crusher, which can be spaced to be safe, and that's another Just Do It move, which we know Raptor loves. Uh, it's hey, just you know what Bison needs? A command grab that puts a bomb on you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Put it in! So, and, and even then, it's not like his V-Trigger 1 is bad. That V-Trigger yeah. is absolutely crazy, especially online. It's it's mm-hmm. the ultimate online V-Trigger because he basically creates lag. Like, he simulates <laughs> lag in the match. It's un- insane. So, you have this character whose pressure basically never ends. I mean, the only time I feel like Bison's pressure ends is when he starts feeling, eh, I'm dominating a little bit too much. Maybe I'll press something here and see if he reacts to it. Like, maybe I'll change this up and open a gap on my own. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, yeah, if he's pressing his luck, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you have, like, from stray hits, if he's doing them at the right range, you can get really good conversions. So I definitely don't have anything to bring up as a huge weakness for Bison. It's just that the characters that I placed in top five, I think, are better than him. I don't think he's bad in any way. I think he's really strong. Yeah, I, I don't think that the the barrier uh, the barrier of entry is is very high for him, uh, and I think that as a character goes, like I think he's pretty linear in what he does, but I think he's probably the best of the best in terms of linear characters in this game, uh, just because of how effective his tools are. Uh, he's got a lot of dumb things that he can throw out there that are really effective, um, really great normals that you know the block strings never end, the frame traps never end. He does great damage. He has crazy dashes. Both of his retriggers are good. Um, I think just across the board, he's a really good character. 
uh, and he's not overly difficult to use. Um, he's not, you know, bottom of the barrel in terms of, you know, Fisher Price, but uh, or top of the barrel, I guess I should say. But I think that he's just, like I said, I think he might be the best of the best in terms of linear characters, which is why he's so effective because it's just he's he's just really good, and it's not, you know, super super high technical, you know, execution required. <laughs> barrel of monkeys. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so so Bison, I think, okay, let's just, let's work for our way from uh, the center out. When Bison's up in your face, he's positive four days, and it feels like, um, I mean, you do have some answers, right? You can V-reversal him, but then you're getting rid of a V-trigger. That's a pretty hefty price in this game. Um, and this is just against his regular stuff, uh, but it's it's so strong. Uh, he's got constant pressure, and, and, and it seems like the game that you start playing is do I think Bison's gonna go for the hail or like the gonna go for the extra right now? And by that I mean like okay, so after he does Devil Dick, uh, he's able what? to do. He's so plus. Oh, you, you don't know, know about, about Devil Dick? Dick? No. Oh boy. Oh, it's Stephen, tell him about Devil Dick. Yeah, the that's uh, called uh, Cycle Axe, right? The down forward, uh, down forward heavy punch, right? Uh, whenever John <laughs> yeah. uses that move, I call it the, the Devil Dick because it's just so ridiculous. You're always gonna get effed by it. Essentially, it's it's so bad. It reaches across the screen. It's damn frame <laughs> trap. It's it's every crush counters you. You're you're screwed by it. Essentially, so. Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I consider myself enlightened. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Now you can call it that from now on. Tell all your friends. <clears throat> okay. So he's got the double dig, and that puts him at plus whatever it does. But he's able to push, um, a, you know, a, a medium button after that, right? And if you try to do anything, you're frame trapped. But it's so plus, and you know that you can't push anything. So sometimes he goes right back into it, and it moves him forward and resets the situation, right? So that's amazing. And so what I mean is, like, if you press a button and he goes back into it, then you can hit him. But it's like you're, he's either doing the legit safe frame trap or he's going for the extra damage frame trap that you might block. And you have to go, well, I mean, both of them attack you. It's just a matter of your timing. And you try, you're either going to get hit or you're going to interrupt. But, I mean, if you go for the throw, you're getting, like, crush countered. And, and it's just, he's very oppressive up front. Um, and he's he's a scary character in your face. Then, of course, you guys talked about, like, you add V-Trigger 2 command grabs and stuff, and it gets even worse. Um, but then his ability to get there, just scissor his way in, or, or EX head stomp, which is a move that you see for 20 minutes, and you go... Oh yeah, there's this move. Let me react to it. What's the reaction? Block. And every every so often you go, oh, I'm, I'm I've got such a read. I knew it was coming. I see it coming. I'm gonna DP it this time. And then you get crush countered for your troubles. It's it's crap. Like you never you never contest that move, mm -hmm. right? Um, and he's got that. So, and then so he he's able to get to that core gameplay or that that uh, up in your face gameplay very very easily with very minimal risk. And um, and it, I mean, uh, then uh, just everything a, else is bells and whistles from yeah, that. As a former Bison main, I won't say that's actually, it looks easier than it is. And, and getting into that range and getting the Oki pressure, and uh, Dream King knows this really well, because I'll, I'll play V-Trigger 1 against him, and we kind of notoriously have, like, a bad connection, like, periodically. And, and like, just to troll the hell out of him, because he played Abigail against me. So it's like, you get Bison's V-Trigger 1, that's your punishment. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Getting in with Bison is a little more difficult than just like I could. You're yeah, right. It, it, it's it's not free. It's not free. And, and I will just say this guy has some clear weaknesses as a character. Uh, he's fourth overall here, so there's not many of them. But his walk speed is very much a thing. Like you're trying to play footsies and do things, and it's like yeah, like you really have to hold that. His defense is very poor. 
um, his a three frame normal is very hard to combo into. So like even if you get someone off of you with it, like you're not usually getting much off of it except for just pushing someone back, right? He's not usually getting Oki pressure or anything else off of that. And then a lot of his normals have very good recovery. This is uh, John Raptor. You taught me this. You're like, dude, whiff punish the heck out of him. Bison is going yeah. to throw stuff at you. He's going to be random. Make sure you're ready for that and, you know, neutral jump him, do whatever you need to do. And unless you're playing Problem X, where he just, like, the moment you jump up, he jumps up and, like, hell attacks you. Like, I don't know how he does it, but he's, like, the one Bison player who could do that consistently. Like, you can generally blow this guy up. And this is kind of where I go with the characters, like, He's very good, and I just kind of wonder if we're a little bit overrating him because we haven't labbed him enough yet. I'm not saying we haven't labbed him. I'm saying maybe not enough because this is really the first time Bison has been a dominant character in Street Fighter V. It's, it's, he's always been you know, he's been good since I think season two or three. I forget when he got his main set of buffs, right? Uh, um, season two. Season two, there it is. But he's never been a great character. And, and and really exploring this guy, like he's got some cheap stuff I definitely want to see adjusted. But but I don't how do you guys feel? Do you feel like you've labbed him really well, or do you feel like there's there's kind of more to do there? There's certainly with like V Trigger One, I mean I still haven't done enough research on that and such. And and I will I, I should dial back what I was saying a bit because like you it's not like Bison just gets to do everything he wants all the time. It feels like that because I'm talking in hyperbole to because he can do that to an extent. But like I can play neutral and I like I enjoy playing like footsies with Bison um, because I feel like it's a real it's like it's fun, it's a challenge, it's something that I can win if I do well. But he can go into like scissors at any time and kind of stop playing that game, which is I think where like a lot of these characters, like we talked about Urian earlier, are, are good because they're they're able to do these like kind of situations. Like, and Bison's not quite as good at footsies for sure because of his walk speed, but his his movement with his buttons and then the the combination is what I'm getting at of of really good buttons and then also kind of like these just do it specials is a really killer combination. Mm -hmm. And then if that's really good, but you're really playing to get up into their face and these happen to be not even just the thing that you want to do to get damage, but the thing you want to do to like do damage and get close to where you do your big damage. It's like, that's Bison's equation right there. So it's just a really good setup. He's Street Fighter V's very well. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a definitely a Street Fighter V character. Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as it goes for me, I don't meet that many strong Bison players. Uh, I don't like playing online that much, so I don't play online all too much. And offline, we don't really have that notable Bison players around here, um, in Sweden, I mean. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that I've labbed him that much because I don't have that much trouble with him. I'm going more by what I've seen than what I've experienced because... I watch a lot of tournaments, clearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I can definitely see the character's strengths, but I haven't had to deal with him personally. I think it's probably a nightmare for Alex, but it's probably okay for Ibuki, mm -hmm. like based on what I've experienced. But no, I haven't labbed him to that much of an extent. I think, it, like, my approach when I play Bison is just try and keep him at the range that Raptor was talking about, where he you kind of want to keep him, but he can also throw out a random scissor at any time and just try to read which situation this particular bison likes to do the scissor. Block it, punish, rinse and repeat. That's kind of my approach. But, you know, 
that's yeah, not going to work yeah. against really good players. Uh, I'll add in that, you know, just one of the ways that you really deal with Bison, and this is hard, especially online, is basically most of his moves are telegraphed. Um, and we talk about, like, oh, Scissors is great. It's like, well, guess what? That's a charge move. And he's got to charge for a very, you know, good amount of time. Um, and I say stuff is telegraphed, like, oh, yeah, like, you can see it coming a mile away. No, you have about, like, a five-frame window to react and to do something to this stuff. It's not much. And that's where Bison really operates by is... Everything is very heavily telegraphed, but you have to be so on your toes at every single moment in time. And b- playing Bison, you don't have to be that on your toes. You're doing a lot of stuff. You're, you're trying a lot of things to kind of see if it works. You do have to make adjustments, but again, I, I agree with what Dream King said. He's not high on the technical use scale, mm-hmm. right? Especially something like you know V-Trigger 1. If you guys watch a, a V-Trigger 1 player mash that sucker out, you're like, that is the scrubbiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, and I can't argue against it. You're literally wiggling the controller back and forth and hitting a button. Mm-hmm. And that is how you get massively great mix-ups that go straight into confirms that do huge damage for Bison. It is ridiculously scrubby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just throw a few things out here, actually, of how I'd like to see the character adjusted. And again, I don't think they're massive. It's just it's mostly like EX Stomp, hey, Dial down the damage on that a little bit more. And, and then with EX Devil's Reverse, like adjust the frame data maybe a little bit so it's maybe a little less plus and a little less invincible. And those moves are still very good and effective. They're just a little less effective. And that makes Bison work a little harder to get into those range that he's that good at. Right. Um, I don't think fundamentally it's a problem that he's that good up close, given what he has to do. It's like maybe you just like adjust how hard it is for him to get there. Uh, And I think with those like handful of adjustments, like you drop him down a little bit, um, but he'd end up in a pretty good spot. So. All right. Moving right along now, we have uh, number three is Karen. John, um, this is a character that is like really jumping up the charts here quite a bit. Like, how do you feel about her? Karen, I personally ranked at number three as well. Um, But she's interesting in that I think that there's also a point of view where she is the best character in the game. Um, I don't think that that point of view is as accurate as putting her around third. But I think that, like, it's almost in, in, like, a technical kind of way. In like in like a perfect world where machines are playing, I think Karen wins. Something along those lines. But of course, we're not playing with machines. We're playing with a bunch of people and Punk. And Punk's like halfway to being a machine with this character. Um, and he has helped us realize that that character um, is what I basically just said. And now I have to give my hat, you know, take my hat off to Bonchan as well because he's doing similar things. Um, I, I think because. She plays footsies in a game that hasn't traditionally been footsies, but has become that because of the uh, input lag change and a few of the tweaks to like hurt boxes and things staying out a little bit longer, stuff along those lines. She's the character that's easily the best at playing footsies. And it's to an extent that it's, it's so good that the things that are good about Street Fighter V she can trump those. And even if she doesn't have great anti-airs, even if she's, you know, a a glass cannon, even if she doesn't have, um, like, she doesn't rely on get in, uh, just do it moves, you know? Like, Karen is deliberate, and she's punished if she doesn't do her stuff correctly, and it requires a lot of accuracy. Like, that's such a contrast to so many other characters that we've talked about, especially today. The things that, you know, Yurian and, and G and Bison and Ibuki and the guys that we're about to talk about pretty soon here um, are able to do. Karen has to be much more honest, and yet she's able to make it work against the sea of other characters that 
can do these just move, just do it moves. And even against someone like Birdie, who is accounted to her because of his reach and, the, and how he counters footsies, it's not easy and it's not in her favor. And and same goes for Minot. But Punk has shown that you can even beat those kinds of characters if you play her game well enough. You have to be really good. But technically, I think because she's so good at footsies and because of how Street Fighter Five is now, technically you can. She has the highest ceiling. I'll I, say it that. Way. I have a similar view of Karen as well. Uh, I always considered her even before this recent patch very much a playstyle type of character you need to really be a footsie player because even when you look at street fighter 4 footsie players would excel but it's not like the entire game was footsies you had all kinds of good players that weren't necessarily having that as their main focus but someone like mm -hmm. momochi was definitely doing that mm -hmm. right i mean he was notoriously a very strong footsie based player and i think you have to be really good at that area to be able to excel with Karen. Mm -hmm. And if you are, then you definitely will. But she also has a, at least for Street Fighter V, pretty high execution ceiling. Uh, and you have that even in basic stuff if you want to optimize your uh, combos. It's not like you that's only in her most like, corner-based super combos or whatever. You you actually want to do that from every crouching medium kick if you yeah can. well her her main and, confirm is the crouching medium kick into the just frame tenko right and that's that's a, a yeah. pretty tight link right there and it's in and of itself so it's you know you're basically getting your main confirm the one that punk does all the time that's a really tight link and you have to be on point with that or else you're going to get punished big time exactly so the thing about karen in that sense is that you need to be at the top of your game the entire time so she's probably fairly mentally taxing in that way but i think a lot of players who are footsie based are already used to that mental strain mm -hmm. they've already been doing that since they've been playing fighting games so i think that's what makes it look like she's an easy pick and you know we have some people switching over to her now and doing very well with her players like phenom for example uh i mean bonchan was playing her before as well but he's playing her more now and he's doing really well uh i just think the sudden shift of Street Fighter V to making footsies a bit more viable, which were a lot of different factors at the same time, like you were saying earlier, Raptor. I think that combined with the fact that a lot of players who do enjoy that type of play style flocking to her makes her seem like a sudden flavor of the month. But she was kind of always this way. It's just that the game wasn't as receptive to that type mm -hmm. of play. Yeah, and I, I want to jump in and mention, for those who have not followed Bonchan's career, he is one of the most dominant and amazing footsie players ever. And, and, and so people might, you know, look at the results he's producing with Karen and say, oh, it's a cheap game. It's like, no, this is one of the best fundamentally based players ever. And, and so just, it's something to keep in mind. And, and you know, so I, I see people flocking over the character, but they're also, it's like Bonchan's still playing Sagat as well. Mm -hmm. You know, Phenom's still playing Nikali. Uh, um, there's a bunch of people picking her up, but they're they're keeping alts in there. And then Punk has like 20 alts he like randomly bust out, like for <laughs> some odd reason w with Karen. And like, I don't quite know where to place that. But um, I will say that given her dominance of what's happened with this character, I would actually knock her health down from the 925 buff that she got back down to 900. It's like, yeah, she probably doesn't need that anymore. And then maybe, just maybe look at the damage on some of her EX moves a little bit and just kind of adjust her down just just a slight bit because it's like some of those combos that, that Bonchan and Punk are doing is like, ooh, maybe that did like 10 more damage than it should have. You know, maybe that's doing just a little bit too much given what she is. But I'm also, again, uh, if there are heavy nerfs to this character, I would be so upset because she's everything Street Fighter V should have been from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, she's a perfect 
character almost. Yeah. Oh god, I, I'm I'm not Raptors perfect in, in my analysis. <laughs> yeah. No, and I don't. And no, I'm I have, I I'm like that sucks if I have to play against Karen. It's like, but I feel like if she's beating me, it's because she's doing stuff that was earned, you know. And she, she <laughs> I play against Driftwood and uh, or used to when when he played. And he would do the Driftwood special, which is her, uh, like, it was the um, V-Trigger one where she passes you and hits you on the other side mm-hmm. into super. And it's just like a super reactable thing that you should never get hit by, but it works especially online. It was always a thing. She has, like, those are her gimmicks. But she, she like, as far as when she's playing footsies and such, uh, the character doesn't get by on gimmicks. She doesn't have enough life to do that kind of a thing. Um, I, I think she's... Her risk and reward is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I think you need to make more characters like her, not necessarily in gameplay style. Like, I don't want just a thousand Karens running around just playing footsies. But if you look at, like, what she gets because of what she does, how hard it is to do, and the reward that's... Like, everything seems fairly appropriate. And maybe there are some little tweaks here and there that would make her better. Um, but even, like, I, when, John, when you say you want to maybe reduce her health a little bit, I'm like, yeah, because that would be an appropriate thing that doesn't mess with the skill and the ability. It's just, like, how many times you have to hit her, which is kind of a nice thing, because you don't want to mess with how she actually operates as a character. But even then, I'm like, yeah, but she's earning, like, she doesn't have... She has low health to begin so with. So I, I, no I actually done. want to jump in on that point, because I, I think it's a great thing that you've brought up there. And mm-hmm. you have to consider what happened in season one with Karen in Street Fighter V. I'm very hesitant to call Karen oppressive as she currently exists, but she was a highly oppressive character in season one, if you ask me. Um, it, what did she have? She she just yeah. had massive damage. She had a great V trigger. Um, it's like her. She was just blowing people up, and and my opinion, not earning it a lot of times because mostly her massive damage would just kill people um, and just melt their life bar off. You know, the the final attack, like always killing, like that used to do more uh-huh. damage, and so did her V trigger last longer and other stuff like that. Like they they nerfed her down a little bit and so i'm hesitant to to heavily dial back karen as she exists right now but just a few dialing back of things of maybe her damage in her life to keep her intact i think that was important but lightly reduce how effective she is in certain situations would be appropriate because this character is edging towards a point of if we nerf all the other top tiers which is pretty much what we're advocating for like where does Karen end up overall and that again seeing her in season one was scary and she was the most winningest character in season one uh, and that's among you know the Armikas and the Kalis the Ryus the Chun Li's all that like mm-hmm. Karen won more than anyone like people forget about that like she scares me by leaving her too intact of what she is like her overall power level yeah so yeah, I think the only answer for Karen in, in that respect is like, well, the idea would be to buff up the lower tiers and, and not buff them like sillyly, sillyly, <laughs> which is a word now, but buff them and, and make their risk reward more balanced and appropriate. And then, and she's the top tier, man. Like, it, like I said, I think there's, a, there's an argument that she's the best character in the game as it stands now. And we don't really want nerfs for her. And we do want nerfs for these other people. So it's like, man, I don't, she's kind of uh, anomalous in this game. I feel like, and I don't know if you really can play well with her. Maybe, maybe take like a half of a tick, however they measure like walk speed, maybe slower walk speed, like half of a level or something like that, very minute or take a little bit of her life away, something, but like, man, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I I don't disagree with anything that's been said, but I just want to go on the record and say that I think we're going to get torn apart for being so nice to Karen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to add in there that none of us had Karen outside of our top four. 
And, and that speaks very well to her placement here. Uh, third overall is what she got. It's like, yeah, like all of us think she's at the worst a top four character in this game, and we're praising her up and down. But speaking of characters we're not going to praise up and down, here at number two, we have Akuma. And the big debate here, in my opinion, is why is Akuma not the number one character in this game? Uh, this guy has every tool. He makes some of the other Shoto characters either mostly or totally obsolete. He's got killer mix-ups. And where the argument starts to fall apart um, for him not being the number one character, in my opinion, is he has some killer matchups, but he also loses a few matchups or maybe comes close to losing a few. And that's why he's not number one. But how do Which you Which matchups do you think he lose? Um, Akuma yeah. players are actually not known to be fond of Rashid, who we haven't mentioned yet. I don't know why. Uh, uh, Bison. Uh. Abuki and Manat. Those are some of the characters I'm not saying he necessarily hands down loses those matchups, but I know Akuma players are not fond of them. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's what probably separates him from being number one. Yeah, I, I would have to bring up Third Strike in this sense, where Chun-Li players, they probably hate the Yon matchup because it's the only matchup they don't win in that game. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily make her worse than number one. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, th- she doesn't lose that match, to be clear. It's right. just even. It's not <laughs> advantage for once. Yeah, um, I think Akuma is like he's a jack of almost all trades, and he's really good at almost everything. Karen, uh, like when you talk about like, her ability at footsies, uh, you know, I, I think he's got like maybe seventy-five percent or maybe a little more of what Karen can do, which is really significant in this game. So, like, my point is there, he can play some footsies with you, right? With that knee and that walk speed, oh my gosh, he can play some footsies with you. And his conversions from mm-hmm. footsies are not only like damage.com, but they also corner carry, and he usually gets Oki, and it's like. He's really good there. He's really good in the neutral. His buttons, they're like, like he's not worse. Like he doesn't get like less than a 75% rating on like any category when compared to like the character that does that thing best. So like his walk speed and his, his like neutral play is like really good, like close to Karen, but not quite as good. Like maybe his buttons are not quite as good as Urien's heavy punch. Maybe they are actually. Uh, yeah, I don't I <laughs> uh, disagree with that. A- Akuma's crouching heavy yeah. punch, dude. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that move is ridiculous. Um, so he can he can like play footsies from a decent distance away. He can he can do the shimmying like up up close with like you know medium kick. He's really good on his feet. And then he's got stuff like his damage output, his ability to corner switch or side switch out of the corner is only beaten by again Rashid, um, who can do that even more effectively. I think. And, but but like he has all these little things on top of a very strong core fundamental toolkit, three frame uh, normal ex reversal fireballs at different like you know uh, 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 startup speeds and then also fireballs from the air because he needs that and and but he's always had it and he's a kuma and like we expect it all a teleport which you don't see too often um, access to demon. Uh, a V trigger that he gets for like to activate like just for throwing a fireball in the neutral. He doesn't even have to put a move oh on you. He yeah. throws a fireball, yeah, and if you jumped over, <laughs> right? If you jumped over that fireball, you're getting hit with a with a DP or like or his back fierce. It's like his anti airs go on for days, and they it's just he's amazing in every category. I think that it's more appropriate like as far as talking about tiers is like okay, so why isn't he top tier? It's like little things like Rashid gets out of the corner a little bit better, and that's a huge deal. Rashid's like um, um, uh, life, he has a little more life, and that becomes significant. And then maybe just uh, the way Street Fighter Five flows, Rashid can be a little crazier and get away with a little bit more stuff and 
Makuma has to be more thoughtful, and so you're going to see uh, um, Rashid flourish a little more easily than Akuma. So it's like little things like that. But this character is a complete package, and if you were to like really feel like he was number one, I wouldn't I wouldn't die on that hill trying yeah, to fight. Yeah, and you forgot got to cherry on top with Akuma is that he builds uh, V meter with his bread and butters too, and one of them acts as a parry oh, yeah. as well. He can armor through with the the palm, the V skill palm, so he can just he's just mm-hmm. man across the board. He's got... Which I think everyone yeah. should have. Everyone's V-skill should be like mm-hmm. that, functional in the actual yeah. round. But on but, top but of all the... Yeah. <laughs> Akuma's an advantage because his actually... Yeah, but it's like that, that on top of everything else. Like, you have characters like like Zeku, who uses, you know, V-skill in his actual combos and stuff like that. But he also doesn't have everything else that Akuma has. Akuma has, like, all of this other stuff and then that, too. So it's not even just like, hey, you know, uh, he builds V-trigger from getting hit. No, he's be- he's building it the entire match. And then his V-triggers are really good as well. It's uh... I, yeah. I've got one He's... thing about Akuma that I rarely see people bring up that I think is... It's not as egregious as being able to V-trigger cancel empty firewalls, but I think it's in the same ballpark where it's something that he does and nobody else can do for no apparent reason, which is that on block or in combos, when he goes into the uh, like Shakunetsu uh, fireball... Mm-hmm. He will, like, melt your HP a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even seem to be scaled. He just gets yeah. to do that. So when he has a super scale... Yeah, but why better. is that even a thing? <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Akuma needs an aura that melts an extra, like, 60 damage off of you when he's in his longest <laughs> combos, where he's about to do super late... Well, maybe not super because he's using the X, but... Like, Jury's you know V-Trigger, too. Like, if you're, you're inside right. the little circle, you you're, you just keep getting your health shaved down as yeah. he combos you. Yeah, that's yeah. OP, too, man. Same thing. No. <laughs> yeah, no, think- no, but, like, you're right. You're right. We're like... Yeah, we're, and here we are. Akuma was designed to be a best character in, like, he like from the is. get-go. From when they first designed, he always is. And so we have this point of view of him where we're like you know nick brings up a perfect point he has this move where he has a random hitbox before the move comes out that's like an additional damage that does a significant amount of damage uh why is that in the game in the first place and we all go oh well it was a move so it's okay yeah. now it's a fine you know it's like no it's like why does he have that yeah but but we're okay with it because he's like oh no I, I gotta jump in and i this is something i hear over and over and over again i sometimes full robbed by akuma but I don't feel as often robbed by him as other people. And I'll just, I'll jump in and say, it's like, it's like someone sucker punched you in the head, but you know, it's like, oh, that hurt. But the other guy's like, he didn't sucker punch you in the head as hard as the other guy did. And that's Akuma. Like he's still sucker punching you, but why are we okay with this character? Like I don't. Because he's using honest er tactics, another word that exists now. Honest er tactics. It's just that his tools that are still more honest than like just do it moves are really good. And some of them get into that realm of just do it, like with his like fierce punch and stuff like that. But one, he he melts when you hit him and then and, and like everyone knows that. But also it's like some of the times it is BS. It is like you jumped over a fireball and he V trigger canceled and murdered you for it. But, like, a lot of the things that he does do take some thought. It's just that, like, they're the better version of that than almost everybody else mm-hmm. in the cast. So he's technically playing by the rules, but he definitely has all his attributes turned up to 11 because he has, like, a cheat code entered or something. Look, he's, like, playing a game with a game show. Look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that his relatively low HP is 
can even count as a weakness given all this strength. And it never has, right? It never has. So it's it's really not low enough to be counted as a weakness when compared to his strengths. I really don't think mm -hmm. so. And I mean, saying like he's playing within the rules. I mean. Only if you're not looking at the game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he's he's tricking you by having moves that look like stuff that you're used to, but they function in such a way where other characters just don't have that privilege. I mean, it's insane. The well, it's like Dawson as well. Dawson can do that kind of a thing too, where like he doesn't operate like almost anybody else in the game, but because he's been around for forever. And because he's not usually a top tier, we're cool with it. Right. Akuma, that's it's that's like, not exactly what I mean, though. I mean more like Akuma is doing stuff that looks like Ken and Ryu. Right. So you're thinking, oh, well, then it's fair enough. But then you actually look so at like the properties of the moves. Well, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll stop. But then, then you look at the actual properties of the moves, and they're just way better than everything they have. Mm -hmm. in, okay, maybe maybe Ryu has better fireballs. Okay. But he also has the Shakunets, which just melts you for no reason. He can do this V-Trigger cancel for no reason. He has the air fireball, like you were saying, especially in V-Trigger. All this stuff just, like, it looks fair enough because you're used to seeing it from other characters, but he's just better at all of it. Mm. And I get that Akuma's supposed to be a glass cannon. He's supposed to be heavy offense. And I don't mind that. But he gets all this extra stuff on top of that. And it's also a mix-up monster. He has this walk speed that's unbelievable. His demon flip can just put you in all kinds of different situations. And it just becomes like a situation, like, where will it end? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I compare Akuma to Monopoly. Like, everyone starts with, like, $1,500, but Akuma starts with, like, double that, and everyone's okay with it. They're like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, Aku Akuma's yeah. like the youngest brother. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just lets him get what he wants. Yeah, I, I think with this uh, this I character, like... too, it's just that um, I think that the perception that we have in Street Fighter Five when a character is broken or OP is that they're super heavy in the robbery aspect, right? And as, you know, Catalyst was saying earlier, like, Akuma... Sometimes you feel robbed, sometimes you don't. And I think what that is, is that Akuma's tools are so spread out across everything. Like, yeah, he can rob you, but it's not the most potent robbery in the game. So, like, you, we don't really see it as, like, oh, it's super, you know, broken and OP. But his tools across the board are so good. He has tools for everything, and they're all amazing. So I think we look at it that way of, like, oh, well, he's not robbing you in an instant per se, but he can do that, I guess, but it's more of just the way that he controls the entire game, the entire round, that is really where his strength lies. The thing, the thing Akuma is doing is he's stealing a dollar from your wallet every day. <laughs> but you're looking at this other guy who's coming every, every three months and he's taking 100, mm -hmm. and that's who you're pissed yep. at. But you're not noticing this dollar exactly. disappearing every day. Akuma's actually robbing you just as much. He's just doing it yeah. in small increments with these little things that just probably mm -hmm. shouldn't even be there, or at least should be tuned a bit differently. Yep. And I think that's why people have this mentality of not being robbed by the right. character. I, I have to give you guys a practical example of something that just happened. Um, uh, I was having John test uh, John Raptor test uh, the frame data for Akuma's air fireball because we were talking about his nerfs, and, and I'm like, so what is uh, um, you know what is that on, on um, you know hit like what happens with it? Because I, I freaking hate that move. And he came back and he's like, well, sometimes it's plus twenty two. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm hit. like plus twenty. Like that's okay somehow. Like even V trigger activations for a bunch of characters don't get up to plus twenty two. Like and Damn. I was just, it, it, yeah, yeah. That's that's almost as positive as Lariat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but to get into it, that that's one thing. Like I would actually change about Akuma is make that air fireball a little less plus. Maybe we can go plus fifteen or something like that. Like and then why plus does that matter? Tiny, John, it's like, I feel like on, it might... oh my god. Uh, 
Well, like if it's plus that much, it's like you can do anything, right? What, like I feel it's, like you have to bring it down to being. Well, like, yeah, actually, to explain that, it's like it it makes it a little bit less of a YOLO move because he can throw it at so, so many crazy angles, and it's always going to be crazy plus on hit. Like that means that the angles he throws it at, like if he throws it like out the startup, like as he's just going up, like well now he can't get a combo after that. That's how that that changes it and makes it better. Um, crushing heavy punch is something we've discussed as well. Like hey, just make it start up a little more because like a crush counter move like that that you know that plus on block and all that like it just needs to have more startup so we can't spam it and then uh i'm not a hundred percent sure i'd go with this but i think just looking at how strong the character is right now i would knock his health back down to 850 um that's where it was i believe before he had the lowest in the game it's like if you're going to give the this guy like you know starting double monopoly money like you need to have uh, his health stuff, as you guys said, it's like his his reduced health doesn't even seem like it's a thing anymore. It's like you have to make that a thing with Akuma. That has to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see a scenario like I don't understand why you would ever have him tied um, for you know health like stamina with other characters in the game. It's like he's Akuma. By design, he needs to have lower health. But but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do, yeah I just I think like a non-negotiable change to him. And it feels weird since he's had it since he came out and they never changed it, so they're probably never going to. But to me, it's like, it's practically blasphemy that he gets to um, V Trader Cancel on Empty Fireballs. I just oh, don't yeah. get that yeah. thing. So it should good. never be in the game. So why Why does he get to YRC? We're not playing Guilty Gear. I mean, <laughs> come on. It, yeah. This isn't that game. Please, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. That's very unearned. It's a very low-hanging fruit example of something where that's that is 100% just like a just do it. It, it. Even more so, that move like okay, so I'm trying to think when I say it's a just do it move, my my brain immediately goes to well, do I have any counters at all to it? And as Nikali, like yeah, I have my super right, which is like an eight-frame super, um, and it leaps forward. Well, it, I can do it to that, but only if I do it before the cancel. If he's if he fireballs and I react to it and he cancels, and you know how fast the cancel comes out, right? then he can block still. Like, that's how good that sequence yeah. is. And by the way, your Nikali Super is six frames. I know that from playing Monod against you, so whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, but you talked about low-hanging fruit, and that brings us to number one, <clears throat> Rashid. Uh, this is someone we all agreed as being the number one character in the game, and that was rare that this happened with us while voting. Uh, we all voted Akuma number two, we voted Banat like number 14 or whatever she was at, but for all of us to completely agree on a character, that was rare. Happened three times among 35 people. Um, we talk about Rashid a lot here on the podcast, but I think we need to start with why he separates himself from the rest of the field as the best character in the game. And Rashid is known as a man with no freaking weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I'm still very hard pressed to this very day to say that he truly has a weakness that means something. People have brought stuff up. They've said, oh yeah, like, okay, he has 950 health and stun. Yeah, that's a thing. But is that truly actually a weakness for him that means something? He can't combo off of his like three frame normal unless it's a counter hit. I get that. But that doesn't really mean such, you know, so much for him. So now that I've actually kind of defended Rashid a little bit by saying, like, okay, here's the things that people throw out as weaknesses. Um can, uh, can I jump in? Oh, please, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to wait until the Rashid segment to uh, address why I think Akuma is number two, because I think Rashid has a lot of the strengths Akuma has, but in different ways. But there are two areas: one very obvious, and one uh, actually both are pretty obvious, where he just does something that even Akuma is not allowed to do. The first one, which everyone 
knows is coming, of course, is how easy it is for him to get out of the corner. Uh, he can just do the wall jump and he gets out and it comes at such a deceptive angle. Even if you read it perfectly, you might not be able to counter it depending on your character. I've done knee with Alex, like the actual anti-air move and it will whiff sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes he just get. I mean, a lot of times he just gets out for free. It's very low risk for him to just do it, because the worst thing that can happen is that he's in the same position he was before he tried it. Not only is it low risk, I watch pro players say Rashid's in the corner, oh crap, he's got the advantage on yep. me. And yeah. I'm not even joking, they are terrified of this character when yeah. you have cornered him. And it, that is such a mind bender. It is the dumbest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here's the second thing that complements that so well, which is... That may, with that in mind, maybe you don't even want to take Rashid to the corner, right? Because he'll flip the tables on you and you'll be in the corner. The problem is that if you're in that situation and you're trying to keep the mid screen, Rashid has amazing corner carry on block. He will push you to the corner without you even getting hit. You're doing the correct thing, but you're still being punished for it. Mm -hmm. And that is insane. I have a friend who doesn't even play fighting games. He watches, he watched a lot of Marvel Free. And he was watching a tournament with me, uh, I think it was this last weekend, maybe the weekend before, and he saw Rashid, he barely ever watched Street Fighter V, but he knows the characters decently and everything, and uh, Rashid would do the spinning mixer, and he was gearing up, he was like, oh yeah, we're going to see proper Punisher, this is going to be so hype. Nothing happened, he was like, well, why wasn't he punishing? And I was like, no, no, that's safe. I was like, what? How good is this character? Is he number one? Oh my god. <laughs> you know... I, I, how often does Rashid win tournaments? All the time. Now yeah. and again. I mean, he. Do, I don't think he has the highest win rate, but he's not that low. I think he was either. the he's third like most Cam winning to be. Uh, so far this year, I think. Yeah, and he just but won his top. Cup. Is he? Yeah. His top eight rate kind of... I, I, I haven't done the data yet, but I'm pretty like sure he's top plenty of top eights, but I don't know that he always wins. I think he does sometimes. Not he always. definitely won Capcom Yeah, he just won Cup. Capcom Cup. That's, like, like, that's, like, that's yeah. a win. But well, he yeah. won $600,000 or something like that. That's a big win, okay? <laughs> yeah, but the thing to look yes, at... Yes, I'm saying how many. The thing to look at when it comes to Rashid winning tournaments is that when you... We were talking about Ibuki earlier, right? Where she can win tournaments, but she's not necessarily placing high except first place basically <laughs> so uh, you have Fujimura and Xi'an mm -hmm. who basically ever win with Ibuki with Rashid uh, you have Oil King you have Gachi-kun you have John Takeuchi used to have Moke he's not really winning anymore but he still shows up here and there uh, you have JB he's been winning tournaments mm -hmm. it just goes on and on so if you're yeah. looking at top eight placements for Rashid I think I I'm not even kidding I think you could p pick out ten players and they'd probably have a top eight under their belt in the last year. Not only that, uh, just Combo Breaker, we almost had four Rashids in the top Jeez. eight. Still two of them made it in, but we were on the verge. They were one match away. They win one match. We had half of Rashid at a premier, a big premier event is, is a top eight. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I feel like he doesn't win quite as much as, of, of course, like Karen. I think we see Tokido win more often with, I mean, because he's one of the only Akumas that wins wins. Um, then, uh, then we see like Rashid. Uh, he certainly ha does, but I feel like he's not like if you were to look at tournament results and wins only, this wouldn't be the character that jumps out at you as like the the just unequivocal number one, or at least with as much gusto as we're saying he's the number one. If you look at number um, one, but I, no. But if you look at top eight, probably top eight placement. That's another story. But yes, as far as that goes, and that's something. I mean, that's a metric that we bring up here a lot. I think um, um, so. It's something to to discuss. And the reason I bring it up though is because we still have this feeling. So where is that coming from? If it's not from him winning every damn tournament 
And I think it's because when you play against Rashid, there is a particular feeling, like there's a frustration. Um, and, and it's there in Street Fighter V in various matches, especially certain matchups, but certain characters have it more than others. Um, but Rashid seems to bring that with him almost every single matchup. Everybody feels this way against Rashid for the most part. You know, like there's not a, there's not there are not a lot of characters that counter this, and there are not a lot of um, characters that can stop him from doing these things that it's like we already use the term robbery for like when a character can just melt your life bar back from nothing, and that's not as much Rashid. Um, but it's just like his abilities from everywhere make the game very like not not fun and and they they make you feel like you're not playing the same game it's not like i have the tools and he has the tools and we have to like outplay each other's mind it's like the rashid player is just going to do a bunch of stuff and a lot of it is just like he's going to do it either way because it's so good whether you blocked it or not and and it's just like he he really is not a good look for the game i don't think i think his design is just not well made as far as risk reward and i think that we feel that when we play him and it's in our experiences of actually playing against rashids and it's like they don't have to be that high level to do these things either so it's like it, it happens a lot at a lot of different levels and people that like the general rashid hate is very widespread to and it, it, it like permeates through almost all the different avenues of the community no matter who you play and um and i think that that's a significant kind of thing to bring up yeah here. i love how you, you you talk about rashid not being a good look for the game and then we have john ding from from tekken and then we have dual kevin from marvel and they've both migrated over to street fighter 5 who are they playing rashid. <laughs> they're like hey like, give me that cheap stuff dude that's awesome so yeah they i mean they haven't even migrated over i mean they're still oh, playing right, their main right. games yeah mm-hmm. exactly well you know you could dabble with rashid and do well with them right like why not so yeah this Get top eight yeah, at CEO. This, this character just has so much, man. He has insane mobility, incredible corner carry. I mean, I was in the lab testing this morning just to see, like, the medium uh, spinning mixture. Just a regular meterless bread and butter combo. And if he hits you with a regular bread and butter combo in the middle of the screen, he gets you cornered. No meter, no problem. And he, he can run up, and then he gets oaky. Even on your back recovery, he gets oaky, and he can meaty pressure you. And it never ends. It's so crazy. It's just with this character, you have to look at it as like, where can you beat him? It's, you know, if you get him cornered, he has an easy escape. If you're pressuring him mid-screen, he has an EX uppercut to get out. Uh, He can do all kinds of just do it stuff. He controls the air, controls the ground with big buttons like crouching heavy punch, which also crush counters at max distance. And he can dash up and go into that bread and butter combo and corner carry you and then run up and freaking meaty Oki pressure you. Where does it end with that character? Like that's I think, mm-hmm. and he and was he was nerfed nerf. exactly. So it's like, heavily. dude, with this character, like, where are you supposed to beat him? Like the big. That's what I think. Why he got put at number one for all of us is like you try to look at where the holes exist, and I'm sure there are some, but overall, it's like he controls every aspect of the game at all times, and it's like, well, how how do you stop that character? Yeah, there are holes. It's fair though because his V reversal well. isn't that good. Yeah, his V reversal is oh, kind yeah. of lackluster. Yeah, so that's, that's great. Yeah, balance. Yeah, there there are one. holes in Rashid's offense as well, but uh, they're not that big. And even if you get them, he a good Rashid player will probably be at a range where you don't get a full conversion off mm-hmm. of it. Uh, and I think one tool we kind of need to bring up as well is when the game first came out. I definitely thought that these upwards rising fireballs weren't good at all. And we already talked about this with Dalsim, that he covers a very interesting space with his fireball. So does Rashid. Mm -hmm. And 
the reason we often talk about fireballs not being very good in this game is because they're very easily jumpable and also um, you have a lot of uh, moves that counter fireballs. Mm -hmm. They just go straight through them for various reasons. And when you look at Rashid, he completely nullifies the jump aspect. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist. And when you look at the moves that will cover, like, like will go through fireballs, some of them won't because of how long that one stays on the mm -hmm. screen. And also because, uh, for example, with Alex, uh, if I don't have proper down charge, I will react with EX uh, elbow instead. If I have back charge and not down charge. And that has armor. Oh, wait, Rashid's fireball has two hits. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> So you have all these situations where Rashid's Fireball just covers extra ground. And yeah, it's not unbeatable. Uh, you, if you have a projectile invisible move, it'll probably beat it. Not all of them will, but it will probably beat it. But you have to be ready with that to begin with. And he has to be at a range where that'll work. Mm -hmm. But he can just keep you out at a very awkward range with that. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, one of the arguments Sick. I've heard from people is like, hey... All the Rashid's doing well are the people who've been playing him, you know, since he like you know came out. And I'm like, okay, well, on the other end of the coin, when have you heard of a pro player dropping Rashid since season two? <laughs> Why would you drop this character? It's like, yeah, they've been playing him since it came out because there's no reason not to play yeah. him. It's like most other characters have gotten nerfed and had issues. This is a character who takes one of the main meta points of Street Fighter V, and you know, like what are the whole thing like the game is based around and breaks it. Mm -hmm. Corner is extremely important for most of the characters in the game. Uh, Okazemi pressure, uh, just and, and then of course his ability to corner the other person. It's just like, dude, like this character. You're always yeah. there. Yep. You're always yeah. in the corner. It, it, it's like this character like takes the meta of the game, and you have to look at that and, and it breaks it fundamentally. You got to say, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's just like this guy, like, ah, yeah, so much frustration. Mm -hmm. So how would you guys want to fix Rashid? Yeah, I mean, we've been over it before. I mean, the main thing is you really have to take his, his corner escape and you have to limit that where um, I believe that, that John did the frame data, Raptor did it, and uh, he's plus three on block when he does his normal kind of like corner escape like type thing. Yeah, it's it's this and, slanted and dive off of the wall that's like a medium kick and it hits a lot. It hits as a cross up and then he's plus on block. So now you're cornered and he's at advantage. Exactly. I don't know where yeah, the problem is. You have to make that negative and punishable. Or even, uh, I, I'm, I'm not an advocate for removing stuff. Like, but make that crap like negative ten. And I'm not even joking. Make it negative ten. Like that does not deserve to be an advantage move. If he does that, and he lands it. Like, great, that's fine. He can get whatever off of it. But if he, I think, messes it up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. He, go ahead, John. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I think that uh, they should change it. They shouldn't remove it from the game, but it should take a full 10 seconds and not have a hitbox. So the Rashids do it on accident, like because of muscle memory after they patch it. He just is like, doo -doo -doo, and he's just slowly coming down for 10 seconds. Hey, you can see the whole I think they deserve 10 that. points thing. Hey, 10 points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say that. He'll be like, I'm great. And then you just can do whatever you want to him, and it's great. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I think the main problem with Rashid is how he gets to put you in the corner in any given situation and how he has such amazing control, corner control. I think, I mean, I don't like it, but we're not talking about destroying characters here. I don't like it, but I think it's kind of fair enough that he gets to pressure you that hard in the corner, but not if it's so easy for him to get it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think yeah. it should be safe for him to do spinning mixer on block if it has that much carry on block. Yeah, yeah, it, I, yeah that's a really yeah, those, good place to start. The, it's the not safe on block. Character. It's his corner escape and his ability to put you in the corner. It's, you know, the, the spinning mixture, the medium one on hit, too. It just has so much corner carry. You know, it's it's meterless. It's, it's like he's going to open you up and hit you with that. And then, like I said, after he hits that, he can run up on you. 
and still he pushes you even further into the corner after that and then gets meaty pressure which is just mind-blowing because it's like where again where are you safe at what point in the game are you like okay he doesn't really have an option here because yeah, he's at a bad range or he's at a good range for it's me never, it's like yeah, it's exactly. so, even if he's further out he has big buttons like like crouching heavy punch which crush counters it's it's a great button oh and, and random yeah, exactly. eagle spike so that comes out every just so often like how, you know? so how good how good does a character have to be for us to discuss him for this long and not even mention that he has a dive <laughs> <laughs> oh he does yeah dude and and it's like a dive kick that goes on the other side of you and then comes back and then like hits up like it, it, it's like a it's an yeah, underhead it's, I don't know like it just it's like yeah, it's, oh. it's so crazy yeah. and then even like he has crazy juggle combos too like I was in training mode this morning just trying stuff with like the EX fireball and everything like Oh man, he just has juggle combos for days. So if he hits you with a straight crush counter on like uh, the standing heavy kick where he does like the hop forward or whatever, um, he can get a juggle combo off of that. And then it, it ends with mixer, with medium mixer, and pushes you to the corner. It's like, dude, where where does it stop with this character? Yeah, I think that's um, that's a good point for us to end on there because we probably could riff on Rashid and like actually have a whole podcast, like an hour long of just us talking about the stuff he can do. And it's just like, this character needs to be dealt with. He's ruining the game for a lot of people. And ruining is probably too harsh of a statement, but he's definitely affecting the fun factor. He feels like boxing a cactus. Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's, it's like even when you hit him, it's like not that good for you. Oh, I cornered you. Well, you're a cactus. Next week, uh, GN Rashid podcast, anyone? There we go. Get <laughs> me out, man. I don't need that negative energy. <laughs> don't put that evil yeah, over me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us here. Um, we're definitely going to be back in the future. Um, you're going to be hearing more of Nick and Steven coming back on the pod as well. Um, but we hope you guys all enjoyed you know, us breaking down the entire cast here. Uh, we put in a lot of time and effort into this, but but we think that the ride was definitely worth it. And we, we hope that you guys agree. Um, if you like the pod, if you want to hear you know more of this from us in the future, like just leave us some feedback, um, You know, comment, like, uh, review on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's so appreciated for our team here. And, uh, and that's it. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks a lot, guys. Adios. All right. That's going to wrap us up, and we will see you guys again soon. Oh, you, you don't, don't know about, about double, double dick? dick? Oh, boy. <laughs>